0: It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Today's show brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the best horses and riders in the country compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill. Presented by Brown Advisory October 13th through 16th in Cecil County, I'm trying to figure out. I know it's a very spin zone thing to do. Like, I'm trying to figure out if in an odd way I appreciate the fact that the Orioles are making sure there's no drama for the final week of the season. Like, If if I would prefer... This is a very Would You Rather Wednesday. Maybe that's good because um, we barely had a Would You Rather Wednesday yesterday. Um, in, in a weird way, would I maybe prefer the Orioles just getting out of the way now instead of me having hope going into next like imagine getting back next week and then playing a series against the blue jays and like it matters you know what i mean like we're all amped up about it and they're just on the outside like they're two games out going in so they would need to sweep and somehow hope that like the mariners lost uh all three of their games and it's just enough to convince yourself that like oh there's a chance when the reality is there's there's no chance and you're going to be heartbroken by it. So they're just right? trying to save us from the heartbreak. And that's what I'm trying to... Okay. What when I'm, when I'm spin zoning Which is... Which is very noble. In a weird way, I appreciate them not putting us through that. Like, let's get it all, rip the Band-Aid off now. We know that that series is irrelevant. I mean, it's a bummer because now nobody's going to go, right? Like, There's going to be nobody at the ballpark next week. I got $3 tickets. There's going to be nobody at the ballpark next week. Um. That part, you know, is a bummer because they're going to play the games anyway. Like, it'd be nice if we could just sort of like, hey, let's call the whole thing off. I mean, maybe maybe Grayson Rodriguez could pitch, and that would get somebody to come to the ballpark, I guess. But I, <laughs> are we going to talk about that or what? Like, that is also a weird bit for me where I'm like, are we going to have a conversation about how they handled everything with Grayson Rodriguez, or are we just kind of going to avoid that topic? Like, are we... What we what we doing there? And I I haven't even I haven't really spent a whole lot of time thinking about it because again we've been kind of caught up in the disappointment. And somebody would say, well, it's not like he's dominated since he got back from the injury, and in two of his five appearances, he gave up multiple runs. Uh, okay, but why did Grayson Rodriguez need to pitch five innings for Norfolk over the weekend? Why was that, or was it Monday, I think? Why, why did that need to happen? Like, what what, what were you getting out of that? And I know it's not the difference. It's not the singular difference in why it is the Orioles are going to end up falling short of the playoffs. But it is still a weird, weird bit that this is how they chose to do things at the end of the season. Um, anyway, moral of the story being, the Orioles lost. The hope is lost. It's all over. There's no path forward. There's no reason to talk about it. Um, they'll play again this afternoon i That's the nice thing is At least it's not tonight Because if it was tonight There's no chance that I would look at it Because I'll be watching the football game tonight There's I guess a half a chance That I'll look at it this afternoon But i it's a half a chance <laughs> Like I don't think I'm going to be any, spending any time with it And uh, we'll probably be plenty distracted this weekend Speaking of football Coming up Our buddy Ian Eagle is going to join us you guys know my affinity for Ian. I know your affinity for Ian as a broadcaster. It just so happens to be that not only is he one of the great broadcasters of a generation, he's also been a ridiculously good friend to us for 15 years at this point. I mean, I have no idea how to explain it. I, it all started famously when Drew and I heard Ian say, this must have been in 08, they were playing, God, I don't remember who they were playing, but Ian famously said, the, the the CBS camera panned over uh, Camden Yards, and Ian said they don't play ba- uh, baseball in October in Baltimore anymore. And they realized that, like, people are going to be mad about that. And so he tried to – it was like, it's not a low blow. It's, it's just a fact. <laughs> and Drew and I love that so much because we all remember what it was like to be an Orioles fan in 2008. It was – if you think this is soul-crushing, like if you think it's soul-crushing to have them – fall apart in September when you were believing that they had a chance there was no falling apart in September in 2008 (laughs) they just stunk and they had stunk for a long time and so we loved it and then Drew and I did a segment like our weekly I don't I don't remember how this started but Drew one morning said to me I feel like going after somebody today and I was like you want to take it you want to take a cheap shot and he was like yeah I was like do you know who he's like no I just want to do it to somebody I said, well, let's make a segment out of it, and so for for a while, we had a segment on the show called Cheap Shots, and um, we would wrap up the segment famously, the way we would end whatever our little rant was, was by saying, it's not a low blow, it's just a fact, as a nod to the great Iron Eagle, uh. and Iron found out about it, and loved it, and we became friends, and of course, Iron is a friggin' genius, God, he's so good. So um, uh, I'm always excited when we get to have Ian Eagle back on the program. He is on the call for Ravens bills Sunday on CBS, and he will join us in a bit. Uh, Before that, Steve Suter, of course, former Maryland wide receiver and return man, North Carroll alum, will uh, join us. Were you North Carroll? No,
1: North so North Carroll closed when I was, I was I don't even know. Yeah. Okay. Do, do, you, do you want the history on nope, that? Nope, don't okay. care. I was Manchester Valley. I didn't
0: Valley. Know, I I if I'm being honest with you, I didn't know North Carroll closed. I did not yeah. know that.
1: Yeah, it was very it was a big deal. It was like my halfway through my high school uh, career. Did you was, start at North? No, I, oh, okay. I was at Manchester Valley the whole time, okay. but everyone right. was very upset, rightfully so, I mean, it was I kind had of no idea.
0: I had no idea that North Carroll was no longer a thing. Where yeah. did all the kids that were at North Carroll They go? all came to Manchester Valley. Okay. Was, so, how many I, high schools are there in Carroll County? Seven, I think. Yeah. Seven. seven. Okay.
1: So, so, there was eight for for South Carroll is still there, yes. right? Yeah. South yeah. Carroll, Liberty, um, Century, Winters Mill, Westminster, Francis Scott Key, Manchester. How about that?
0: How about that? And so,
1: there was eight for like a little bit because Manchester. And Valley yet I'm going to. And yet I'm going to
0: bet you still couldn't name all the counties in Maryland.
1: No, yeah, I couldn't. I can't. Well, I don't understand why this is so difficult. I don't understand. Like, there's a lot more than seven my, I have a
0: friend who's from Iowa my, my friend Dan and last night we were playing a John Proctor trivia and a, a county question came up and Dan was like I I, I couldn't believe somebody oh no Dan was telling me a story the heat like, the week that I missed of trivia one of the questions was what's the westernmost county in Maryland and he made it seem like it was a difficult question I'm like it's Garrett County that's not that hard and he was like, wow, you really know your counties. I'm like, this drives me nuts. (laughs) It kills me that people don't. Although I did get an Eastern Shore County question wrong once at at John Proctor Trivia. Unbelievable. I knew all the counties. That's ridiculous. I didn't know which was the one. Like, There was a specific town. It was Queen Anne's, obviously. No, it was definitely not Queen Anne's. It was either Worcester or Wacomico. And I think I guessed Wacomico and it was Worcester. Mm. And I don't remember what the the question was, but I promise you I know all of them. (laughs) didn't know which one a specific town was god what are we at uh i'm trying to remember what, i like to when they had sports related questions at john proctor trivia i like to repurpose them on the show the next day but i have i have completely blanked and forgotten all of the questions that occurred as part of john Proc- oh oh it was way too easy it was uh, the the sports question last night was name one of the two orioles that has 30 stolen bases on this season i'm like really really it's a good question no it's not <laughs> <laughs> Not a good question at all. Did you get it right? Yes, <laughs> we we got <laughs> it right. Rudinetto Doors is one of them. Yeah, great. No, I, I chose Mateo as my answer. And uh, I, I wanted to write down both of them, but I he made it very clear you're only allowed to write down yes. one name. So I was like, all right. I guess I can't get extra credit for this. Um, I'm trying to think there was another one. Uh, this one I had never heard before. Uh, the neighborhood where Under Armour is located is called Blank Point.
1: Um.
0: Fell's Point? It's definitely not Fell's Point. I promise you Under Armour yeah. is not located in Fell's Point. Time. Now, understand that I would not from that alone, because I thought Under Armour was in Port Covington. So I would have from that alone not been able to get the answer, but there was a second part, a hint, and it was it the blank shares a name with the world's most popular laundry detergent.
1: Um... Why can't I think of the most
0: popular? All right, this is kind Tide of shame, Point. Yes, it's Tide Point. I mean, once they said that, I, I figured out. But I got to be honest with you, I've never heard of Tide Point in my life. In my life, I've never heard of Tide Point. Where's Tide Point? A- apparently, where Under Armour is. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I've been there a few times. Never heard of it referred to as Tide Point in my life. You know what else I learned yesterday? This one I'm a bit more embarrassed by. This is just Glenn opening up uh, now. I'm. It's in Locust Point. Locust Point makes more sense. Locust yeah. Point is definitely more like... Port Covington and Locust Point are basically the same thing, so that makes more sense that it would be Locust Point. I don't know what Tide Point is supposed I mean, to when be. When I Google Tide Point,
1: it knows I'm talking about Locust Point, though, which is... I have, I don't see Tide have, on the screen anyway. Because why would you?
0: Because <laughs> why would you? God, all right. Anyway, so um, <laughs> I also... This is a straight shoot. This is quite embarrassing. You know, I've, I've done soccer for a long time in my life. Like, I've broadcasted... A billion soccer matches. So every time, now that we do a game over at the new place, at Stevenson, uh, we're in a bit of a bind because we're out in the elements. There's no longer... We're going to fix that at some point, but they just built this new uh, athletics facility over at Stevenson so that the soccer teams could play on natural grass instead of playing on turf. Mm. So we're out in the elements, right? And so as a broadcaster, when you're out in the elements, you got to remember to tape down your notes because they can go flying away in the wind. And we're also elevated, so the wind is worse. (sighs) So as the game's getting ready to play, I see the teams lined up, and I say, all right, well, if this team is lined up on this side, then which side are they attacking? Because I always want to have my notes for that team on the side where they're attacking, right? So if you're attacking the right side, from left to right, I want to have your notes on my right. I want to sync up, Side you're attacking with side of my brain, essentially. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've... I always thought... This is so embarrassing to admit as a broadcaster. This is the dumbest... I am so stupid. I just sort of thought that, like, if you were the home side and you were on the left, that meant your your goalie would be on the left and you would be attacking left to right. I, I had no idea they did a coin talk. Really? In soccer they do hockey? I had no oh. idea. I've done a million soccer matches in my life. I had no clue. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Because I'm never involved with that. Like, apparently it happens in private. It's not like in football where they do right. a, cer- a, a huge ceremony about it. Like, they do it in private before the game, and nobody knows about it. There's no announcement. Like, hey, they've chosen they want to go left to right or right to left. And I was talking about it um, with a couple of soccer players, and they were like, yeah there really there's there's barely any reason to choose one side or the other. So typically the team that wins the coin toss just chooses the side that they're standing on. <laughs> like, well, we're already set up over here, so let's have that for the first half. like there's it's it's in football,
1: maybe there's some fields where it's like crooked so or like there's
0: some fields like at at Maryland, for example, they have the student section right over top oh, of right, right, one of the goals. Right. So I believe they want the opponent going towards that goal in the second half because Maryland has this crazy atmosphere for soccer matches on Friday nights, and they want people screaming and making it difficult. And, you know, maybe the, if there happened to be like a penalty kick, you'd have a bunch of like shirtless weirdos like flipping out and trying to distract you, something like that. Don't like call me a weirdo. Well, I, you didn't I, – I mean, were you one of them? <laughs> uh, no. Good I'd for like you if be. you were. I know they did. I'd That's like a big thing it at like is, at like Arizona fun. State basketball games. Right, they right. act out. They do like <laughs> scenes. It's wonderful. Um, they have that curtain or whatever. Exactly. So I there are places where I guess it could be relevant, like where you could make a choice. But the sense that I got in talking to some people is most places it's it makes no difference. There's no reason for any of this. But I feel very very dumb as a man who again has broadcasted. I don't know a billion a billion soccer matches in my, at every level i've done uh, i've done mls i've done college soccer at multiple levels i mean d1 d3 men's women's the whole thing i've done I, i've worked tv games or espn like i, I i've called di- multiple different conference championships at the division one level I mean, multiple conference championships. Well, now you know. I have helped teams punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Not just the Patriot League, because I look at work at Loyola. I've done America East. I've done done all sorts of I've done high school soccer. I've done everything. And I had no idea. Well, now it's just something you can add to the broadcast. I can't, because I don't know when it's happening. (laughs) They don't tell me who won the coin toss. So, so bl- mind-blowing, man. I'm uh, I'm not proud. I'm not proud of the fact that I didn't know that. That's a really bad look for a guy that's called this. Might answer a few questions as to why it is that, um, for example, I'm not doing MLS <laughs> any longer. Might explain a thing or two. You know what? In hindsight, I... I might have learned why it was that I was not long for uh, my MLS. John from Little Rock. I always love when John just checks in to say good morning. I appreciate that. Good morning to you, John. Uh, Love you, buddy. Appreciate you chiming in. Uh, Also, we'll do picks today. KZ will join us, and we will make our picks. So that's what's coming up on the program today. A lot of hullabaloo about Ronnie Stanley at practice yesterday because, according to reporters, Ronnie Stanley typically had not been on the field at the end of practice. So for those that don't know how this works, uh, reporters are invited to the beginning of practice. And for the most part, it's done for a specific reason. The reason is because at the beginning of practice, you're doing individual drills. Maybe you're working on special teams things. You're not doing anything that involves the actual install or rehearsing things that you're planning to use for like scripted plays at the beginning of a game or something like that. So they invite that because teams are required to allow reporters to watch uh, a portion of practice every day. They specifically allow reporters to come out for the very beginning of practice when they're not doing anything at all that would be relevant for anyone to see. Because as you know, everyone in the NFL is paranoid. by the way, Apparently uh, uh the Bengals, or the, the Dolphins, were getting their practices spied on when they were practicing at the University of Cincinnati this week because they wanted to get out of Florida ahead of the storm. So, weird bit, by the way, of course, uh, thoughts with everybody, I mean, some devastation right now, the scenes in Florida are just uh, horrifying, so the, the thoughts and, and and prayers, I know that sounds empty, but i don't know what else i can offer um if there's somebody in our audience if there's somebody that's one of our regulars impacted by the storm then please reach out and we will do everything in our power to uh, raise some money for you raise whatever we can do i swear um you know it's just a just horrifying horrifying seeing um these videos and these pictures emanating from neighborhoods like naples where they just appear to be completely devastated um so yeah, so that that's the way it works is that they don't invite you. But what happens is then they do at the end of practice they they do media availability. And the Ravens practice outdoors and they have John Harbaugh meet with the media outdoors. So the reporters are able to come back to practice afterwards. And as the players were leaving the field, the reporters that were there noticed that Ronnie Stanley was leaving the field with the players. And they immediately pointed out, boy, that's different. As apparently, Ronnie Stanley had not been on the field at the end of practice at any point yet. Sure enough, injury report comes out, and Ronnie Stanley is listed as a full participant in practice for the first time. Now, what does that mean? Don't have the answer to that. John Harbaugh, you know, made a word salad out of it. And I'm not, I'm not mad at John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, one, still might not know. But if he does know, he's also not inclined to tell anyone because, you know, he'd say, I don't feel the need to tell Sean McDermott what's going on with Ronnie Stanley. I, um, you know, I, I saw a bunch of theories floating around. Some people that said, hey, you know, you would think that they would want Ronnie Stanley to stack maybe a week or two worth of full practice. And then that would be the sign that they would need in order to say, okay, he's ready to go out. So maybe it's not this week. Maybe it's next week. I I don't know. Um, This is what John Harbaugh said. The question was asked by Sean Stepner of ABC2. With the situation at left tackle, what are you looking at from Ronnie Stanley and how much emphasis has been put on him to be available this week? John Harbaugh's answer, yes, it's really just what we see, certainly, and what he feels. Those are the two things that both have to be taken into account. Ronnie is not going to want to go out there, and we're not going to want him to go out there if he doesn't feel like he's going to be good, if he's not going to be ready to go. It's a priority to go out there and be at his best when he comes back. At the same time, he's going to have to jump in at some point, so it could be this week. We'll just have to see. He practiced quite a bit today, and we'll see where it's at now, and then tomorrow, then Friday, and make a decision. Like I said, word salad. And I'm not, I'm really not making fun. This is part of the reason. It goes back to why it is that I kind of stopped doing this, because I get it. I'm in on it. They might not believe it, but I'm in on it. I get it. They they just don't feel it necessary. Uh, we had this whole conversation, uh, Stan the fan and Bo last week, about you know betters and their involvement with this, and if at some point the NFL is going to have to step in and say like, no, we can't keep playing these games because betting is too important to the sport and people need to have more information. But until the NFL does that, the teams are going to continue to give these types of answers. We don't want the Bills to know. And also, as I always say, there's also still a chance that they really don't know. That, all right, this was the next step in the process. Let's have Ronnie go out there and practice for an entire period, see how he comes out of it, see how he feels, and see like if he feels he's ready to go. We're going to have to keep waiting for an answer, which is frustrating, but it does seem like yesterday was a step, whatever step it is, but a step in the process of seeing Ronnie Stanley back on a football field. Today's show also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, brand new, soon to be available. You can use the code TAILGATE at Ginsu Grills in order to reserve yours and save $100 when you do. It's the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. If you're headed to the Ravens game on Sunday or any point this season, There's a great tailgate party being thrown by mothers at Hammerjacks. And I know that's complicated, but it's the mother's tailgate at Hammerjacks. Free to get in, all-inclusive for $49 with premium brand open bar and great food. Tickets, details available at Hammerjacks.com. And while you're there, stop by the Pressbox Ginsu Grills tent for free samples and contests, including a giveaway. Giving away a Ginsu Kamado grill and $500 in grilling meats. If you stop by that tailgate, Mother's hosting at Hammerjacks on Sunday. On Saturday, Maryland football tries to bounce back. They, uh, they were game for the effort, just came up a little bit short against Michigan. They look to bounce back as they take on Michigan State in College Park. Joining us now to preview that, talk about the Terps. He is, of course, one of the all-time greats in Maryland football history, wide receiver, return specialist, North Carroll alum and now Maryland football radio color analyst, Steve Suter. And he's back with us now here on GCR. Steve, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat as always, man. Thank you for taking the time for us.
2: Glenn, absolutely, man. I'm glad you had me on. Well, Steve, I, you
0: know, it's, I'm in a weird place, right, where I have cared deeply. I mean, I, my father and I drove to Florida to watch you play in the Gator Bowl once upon a time. Like, I'm, <laughs> I love Maryland football. I don't want to be the guy that, like, talks about moral victories or things like that, right? Like, I, I hate that mm-hmm. concept. And yet, I I feel like we should be encouraged. I, I know it's disappointing because you look at a couple plays, like what happens if, you know, you don't fumble the opening kickoff on Saturday? Maybe you actually go back and review some of those interceptions that uh, I'm not sure were intercept. Like, I, there was an opportunity there for Maryland to win. They didn't win, but yet I, it really does feel like it had to be encouraging for what they might be able to do moving forward the fact that you know a year ago they were when they were playing the big dogs in the big 10 a year ago steve they were getting drubbed by 30 points a game they were right in this right. thing that we have to look at that as a positive don't we
2: you sure can and i can understand all of the reasons why you would from my perspective they still didn't play well in my opinion watching the game i still now that's not to say i didn't think they were the better team through spurts Throughout that game against Michigan,' because they certainly were, but you pointed out the turnovers they they gave Michigan three turnovers, yes, some of them should have been reviewed and, and maybe gone the other way. but the point is they were close, they shouldn't have been balls that tongue out of thrown, and then of course uh, the Ty Felton kicked off to start the game, so they still beat themselves in my opinion, but it's encouraging that you were in the game with the number four team in the country and you still have room to improve. And and Vassy, right? Because turnovers are the biggest key in, in deciding a win, and and how that game goes. So giving them three is just you know something they need to continue to clean up. They did a great job with the penalties from from the weeks prior to to last week with Michigan, but the turnovers killed them. And then they just went cold. A certain that third quarter when they went cold on offense, that was right. that was the quarter that cost them the
0: game. Uh, how much do you, you know? I, obviously it's imperative that Leah be out there and I know he practiced this week and it would it would help a lot if for Kim's out there too but how much of what happened offensively do you think was related as you would imagine Steve we've gotten uh, very nervous about quarterback injuries over the years at Maryland it's been way too much of a theme believe <laughs> so how much of it do you think was him dealing with having taken the shot and just not being 100% right at that point it's
2: Mm, that's hard for me to judge right not knowing how exactly he was feeling he sure seemed like he was ready to go when he came back again prior to that series he was jumping around the sideline so it didn't look like anything was really ailing him from a physical standpoint maybe there was something mentally in his head that was still clicking like maybe his maybe his clock in the pocket got a little shorter after he took that big hit i mean that that play when he got the wind knocked out of him and Corey Dyke just dropped that pass for an obvious like right. 20, easy 20 yard game that was oh, man that I hate to circle just one play and put it on one player, but that drop pass was really significant in the end the outcome of that game. They would have been in field goal range or just outside of it and rolling as as an offense. So that that was a big momentum killer. Plus, Tungavililo took the blow there. But if 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 Billy Edwards doesn't have to come in that next play on third and nine because Daeches has caught that ball, he's coming in on a first and ten. And if Tungavailo is only sitting out one play, then we're gonna hand the ball off to Hemby, and Tungavililo is back in for the next, you know, the second down of that next series. So that play was so big in my mind. Uh, um, But as far as the original question, sure, maybe Tonga was a little bit uh, quick in his, you know, pocket presence there to throw that, force that second ball, which was just a little bit irrational from him. You know, he hasn't made that type of mistake this season. So hopefully that was just a fluke, you know, fluke brain decision that he made. That I know he wishes he could take back.
0: He is Steve Suter, Maryland radio football color analyst. He is with us here on GCR. Um, Steve, the, the, again, I try to I go, try to go over the positives. We'll get to the negatives. The other positive for me, the, the the penalties were such a concern coming out of the SMU game. I mean, it was they nearly gave it away just because of penalties alone. For there to be just one the following week against Michigan, I, I'm imagining that you're still filing it away as like something that you're concerned about, and not. Like one game alone does not make you convinced that, you know, this will never be a problem again. But how impressed or how important was it to you that there was clearly focus paid to it and that they did get that cleaned up after what had been flatly a disaster the week before?
2: 100%. The, the key word I kept using was refreshing. It was just so refreshing to watch them play without committing penalties. And I've been racking my brain going back to last season. How can Coach Loxie and their staff not get this corrected? I mean, what are there just, is the discipline not strict enough? And I kind of get the conundrum that they're in, right? If, but I'm going to point the guy out, right? Mason Lunsford a couple of games ago, SMU, you had three penalties. They pulled him out eventually after the third penalty for punishment, obviously, and they put Emilio Moran in there, and then he commits the false start <laughs> right. as his replacement. So you're like, man, damn, if I do, damn, if I don't, right? How... Do you penalize or discipline the player without penalizing the team? And that's just—it's just a circle that's hard to answer because if you don't have the best players in, then you're hurting the team. But if you have your best players in and they're committing penalties, that's hurting the team. So what do you do? So yes, it was very refreshing to watch them play a game and only commit one penalty. But that is the anomaly, right? We need to do that three or four or five games in a row to, to have me convinced that it's been corrected. And so going back to my debate on what needs to happen with the coach staff it i finally it finally dawned on me it can't come from the coaches anymore it has to be a player in the locker room and it, it you know pick the biggest and baddest player you know somebody on offense like an offensive lineman like dj glaze like are you the guy that is going to get up in somebody's face and i'm talking about a teammate in a locker room that has committed a bonehead penalty are you going to check that in the locker room as a player and as a as a, a captain right that needs to happen for the players, I guess, to get accountable because the, whatever the coaches were doing prior it wasn't working. And maybe interesting somebody got up in the locker room and voiced their opinion and same on defense. Like, I know when I played, right, you, you weren't going to commit bonehead penalties and there not be repercussions from the players, right? Not the coaches, the players. Somebody was going to confront you in the locker room if your penalty cost us a ball game, And maybe it got physical. And sometimes, I'm not promoting right. that, but that happens in the locker room, and sometimes it needs to happen in the locker room. So I'm, I'm not saying that did happen here, and maybe I'm making too much of it, but that's where the correct answer comes from. The team's got to police themselves.
0: It's, a, it's, a, it's well stated. Um, that, that There's got to there's be that level of accountability within within the locker room and within those guys. Steve, the, um, the easy assessment for me to make, the uh, dumb guy statement, but I'll make it anyway and let you follow up on it. Uh, the run defense is going to need to be a little bit better.
2: 100 <laughs> percent it's it's been a problem from them going dating back to last year that game watching Michigan just line up double tights and just run power and power and power and Maryland really couldn't stop it now yes they they bent but didn't break I guess you could right. say for the most part but on certain situations they did break but it, you just can only do that for so long if somebody's just going to keep pounding you know pounding, you can't stop and you're giving up five and six yards of carry eventually they're going to pop one. So you're putting yourself in that position to have those breaking moments. And it goes back to like last year with Minnesota, just just that was embarrassing. If I wasn't related to the defense for Maryland at all last year after that game, you probably wouldn't have saw me in the dining hall or walking to campus for a week, <laughs> hanging my head. So that it kind of had that vibe. Michigan was just like, look, we're trying to pass here early on. It's not really working. What are we doing? Let's just get back into our power run game. Cause that's working. So it's very hard to coach up how to stop that because if you sell out against the run, you're leave yourself vulnerable to play action in deeper big chunk plays, like how do you wanna die, right? By a thousand cuts or by one big one right away. So Brian Williams, a defensive coordinator is in a conundrum. You just need to in certain aspect or times in the game, right? Somebody needs to win a one on one matchup and you just gotta look at Nasili Kite, the D tackle, or Ami Finao, the nose guard. When you're getting just the ball ran on you, it only takes one guy to beat their guy one-on-one and create a TFL, right? And then you're like second and 13 versus first or second and six. And now that can change a whole series of downs, just one guy winning his one-on-one matchup. And that's what I kept looking for Maryland to do up front. They didn't do a great job of it. Occasionally they did, and they would get a stop. They just got to string more of those together.
0: Steve, uh, starting on Saturday, there's this little stretch here in the schedule where it's not quite as daunting, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to be dismissive of anybody, and and I know that this is still a well-coached Michigan State team, even if the results have not been good so far this season. But with Michigan State, Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern, before you get back into the Wisconsin's, Penn State's, Ohio State's, the world at the end of the year, it feels like there's a real opportunity here for maryland to make a statement in these next couple weeks about where they are amongst the teams in the big 10 i i don't i don't know because it's not like they're likely to end up competing for big 10 title or something like that so how much it matters versus just finding six wins and getting bowl eligible again i don't know what the difference is but it, it really feels to me like this is a critical portion of their schedule to make a statement about the entire direction of the program
2: I would agree, and before this season started, looking at the roster, I would have been disappointed if they only won six games just because of what they had coming back. They had the most starters, I think, in the Big Ten returning. Right. Their whole offensive line was returning. The defense was mostly returning, and granted, maybe they weren't great at times, but they were getting key. what I thought key players were back in Deontay Banks that helped them in the secondary more to let Tarheep still move around a lot. But his injury— Early this season's really affected his play style and their ability on defense to use him. But six wins would have been disappointing because you are supposed to take the next step. And if you only take win six again, did you really take the next step? And just because you played Michigan well, does that mean you took the next step? In my opinion, it doesn't. I want to see the wins in the win column. And now through four weeks of the season, the over. Oh, if I'm right, let's take yourselves to Vegas, right? The over-under on Maryland, I think, was like five wins before the season. Now, with the stretches you're looking at, Michigan State, winnable. Purdue's winnable. Indiana's winnable. Northwestern's winnable. Even going to Wisconsin yeah. has a higher win percentage than it did before the season started. So that over-under had to have changed, I'm I'm assuming. And now six games just to get bull eligible will be really disappointing for, for me as a fan and watching the team and, and hoping for the progression. I think you got to get three out of four of the next four really for me to be uh me to be pleased, I mean I obviously don't just have to please me, but I think fans in general <laughs> now would see that it's the possibility you can you can win three out of the next four. You already have your six and then anything can happen with Wisconsin and then you got Rutgers there at the end, Penn State and Ohio State would be tough for sure, but I want to see seven wins minimum and I want the eighth win to happen in the ballgame. And I think the team's good enough to do that. Will they not shoot themselves in the foot? And get it done is the question.
0: Uh, and by the way, to what you are pointing out, I think if you were to go win, let's say three of the four, maybe even all four, the the belief that you have and what that does for a program to make them think that they could go win some of those games later in the season. I, and I I know that's esoteric. It doesn't it doesn't actually translate to who the better team is, but I got to think it would make a world of difference. I I, I think about like the. You know the ACC championship team at Maryland, and how like winning a game at Georgia Tech on Thursday night made them believe they could go do other things. Like I, I do feel like it would play a significant role in making this team feel slightly different going into those late season games: Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State. It's...
2: I'm a hundred percent on board with that. It's not a tangible thing, but it's re- It's a real thing. Teams play better when they think they're better, and that, that's just that's a weird vibe. But you could look yourself in the mirror it could go as close as like you look good in your uniform before you walk out <laughs> of the field, you're going to play better. Right. It's so weird, right? The confidence right. of a division one athlete. Uh, uh, so the greats probably stay way more even, right? They don't fluctuate positive or negative on, on their confidence levels. And that's what makes them great. But for the vast majority of everybody else playing, you need something to be in your corner to make you feel like you're good. And if it's takes one or two plays or it takes a whole game, or even if it just takes going up to Michigan and, and putting a good effort out there that you only lost by seven. If you can build confidence off of these things, it does snowball. It's a real thing. And if they can get a win here at Michigan State, take down Purdue, go to Indiana and win, come back and face a bad Northwestern team and get that dub and you win off four in a row, then going to Wisconsin is not as, you know, far fetched as it would have been before the season starts, because the team's gonna think they can win. And that means a lot. So I'm I'm on your cor- in your corner on that. Speaking
0: of looking good, uh, before I let you go, the most important question obviously, uh, your your thoughts on the helmets.
2: Oh, dude. I I know why they won't have the turf script being the permanent helmet and it's way above my pay grade and has money all entwined in it, right? Under Armour has their piece and it right anyway, whatever. I'm I'll probably get myself in trouble if I keep talking, but it's easily the best uniform. It's easily the best uniform, and everybody I talk to says the same thing, former players, current players. It's very frustrating that they won't just make the switch and make that the permanent home. Oh, man, Jersey, but that's a a fight that I, I don't have the wallet to fight.
0: It will be dope to see it, though. It will be dope to see it on Saturday, for sure. Um, Great. At suitor underscore Steve on Twitter is how you can follow him. And, of course, obviously the Maryland radio broadcast every week. Steve, is there anything else I can plug for you, man?
2: Uh, No, I'm good. Thank you,
0: brother. Really appreciate you taking the time for us as always. Let's do it again, all right? all right, see it. Steve Suter checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that as uh, we look ahead to Maryland, Michigan State on Saturday, and yes, they will be wearing the script Terps helmet uh, for that game. And I am, I, I have to admit this this troubles me because I do associate, of course, some of my favorite memories with the script Terps helmet. But I've said it all along, it's just we put the flag on everything in this state. I love it when they just have the flag on their helmet. I love that other people don't know what it is, and wouldn't understand. It's just our obsession with the flag because the flag is perfect. I was uh, made fun of by. Uh, I I told the story. I I got to. The, I was working a soccer match at Stevenson the other day, and it was uh it was colder than it was when I left my house that morning, and I was wearing short sleeves and shorts. And I went back to the car, looking to see if I had a hoodie, and sure enough, I didn't. The only thing I had in the car was a scarf. It was a Maryland flag scarf, and everybody was laughing about the idea of me coming back up with a scarf. And then they had to admit, like, that's a dope ass scarf. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's an awesome scarf, ain't it? Bet you're jealous you don't have one. I can't be mad about the the flag just be in the helmet i'll never be mad about that that day will never come it's the greatest flag ever known to man but i get it i do understand why it is that everybody wants to see the uh the script terps you're gonna get to see it on saturday and we'll see after that All right, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, the great Iron Eagle will join us. We will preview Raven's Bills. He's on the call Sunday for CBS. It's Glenn Clark Radio. and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery.
3: That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night.
4: BoxOnline.com/slash/bowser.
0: The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 4th at 7 p.m. at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue, in Station North. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu
4: Kamado Grill.
5: The 22 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressbox online and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at Pressboxonline.com/slash radio. So join us live on the Bat Round every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports.
0: Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick
6: up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark.
0: Stan the Fan Charles is going to be previewing the Maryland Five Star a little bit later on today on Facebook Live. Coming up at 3.30, he will chat with Joe Meyer world-class eventing rider to preview the upcoming Maryland 5-star. You'll be able to find it at facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or if you miss it live, you can see it at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com video. Earlier in the week, Stan and Ross Grimsley caught up with former Oriole Bill Swaggerty. You can find that show in the same locations. Um, apparently, Michael Pierce posted something earlier today. I don't I don't really know what I'm looking at, um, but this is on Instagram. It's it's a jug of something from Firehouse Subs and it says, When I get out of surgery later Which would make you think he's having surgery, as Jonas Schaefer of the Baltimore Sun pointed out, Looks like Ravens defensive tackle Michael Pierce has indeed decided to get surgery on his torn biceps, which John Harbaugh said would be season ending. Remember John Harbaugh had said there might be a decision that needs to be made. Reading into it, that could be the answer as to what the decision is going to be. Uh, Two other notes related to the Ravens before we talk to Ian Eagle. Lamar Jackson was named AFC Offensive Player of the Month for September. I can't imagine why. I mean, what? What did he do? I mean, obviously, uh, Talia Tungvaloa was uh, certainly in the conversation for the award as well, but Lamar Jackson's been genius. He's been brilliant, so he was named AFC Offensive Player of the Month. And um, our buddy Brian McFarlane, Raven Salary Cap on Twitter from Russell Street Report, shares out the details of Jason Pierre-Paul's contract, which certainly, when you get the actual details, far different than the original reporting. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul's 2022 cap number is $1.15 million, which includes his base salary of $1 million. And a $150,000 signing bonus deal includes $4.35 million in not-likely-to-be-earned incentives, which don't count on the 2022 cap. I would always encourage you to follow Brian on Twitter. He is very insightful. Uh, he says uh, JPP earns $500,000 if he reaches 5 sacks, that increases to 1 million if he reaches 7 sacks and 2 million if he gets 9 sacks. That's where it maxes out for sack incentives. He also earns $500,000 if he reaches 53% of defensive snaps, that increases to 1.35 million for 60% of defensive snaps and 2.35 million for 70%. Um, it's a 2.35 million dollar max any amount of the incentives earned by Jason Pierre-Paul will count as a negative adjustment to the Ravens 2023 salary cap. So that's where things get messy, right? And teams start to look and and see like, "Oh, oh, you're you're getting awfully close to a certain number. Maybe maybe we don't have you on the field in a certain situation." And that it's that's always controversial and I don't much care for it, but uh, hopefully that won't be a problem or something that we have to worry about too much. And it would be nice if Jason Pierre-Paul... I would prefer you hit all of them and play yes. brilliantly uh, after arriving. That would be great. News. Maybe
1: he was like, I want to wear number four. So the Ravens were like, fine, but we're only giving you a million dollars as your base salary. You,
0: you're you still bothered by this. Yeah. You're still very bothered by the fact that Jason Pierre-Paul is wearing Sam Cook's number. bothers you a great deal. Who would you be okay with on this roster? Who would you be okay with wearing Sam Cooke's number? No one.
1: There you go. Maybe. Dynamite. No. Yeah, what I about want, Lamar? What
0: if Lamar one. wanted to switch number four? I guess if would Lamar. Would you be all right wearing, with yeah. him wearing. Yeah. If Lamar really had okay. to,
1: but he looks really good in that eight. so... I understand,
0: but if he really wanted. If, if that, if if he that he was what really he wanted, wanted all along, he's yeah. four. Sam leaves or retires, and he's like, dude, that's I've been eyeing that number the entire <laughs> time. You'd be okay with Fine.
1: that. Fine. I would allow it. Yeah. Probably Nobody the only else. one. I think maybe, tu- maybe Tucker, I guess, if Tucker really wanted four for whatever that's reason. a good point, right? He's pretty good. He's yeah.
0: probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. You would just think. those two. Literally just those guys. Yes. Rashad Bateman, no. No. Mark Andrews, he's on the cover of Press Box. Mark that's, Andrews, that's, that's, maybe that's, the best tight end in all of football. That's another What if he one, wanted though. number four? I wouldn't be as happy. Uh, what if in Bo Smolka's cover story, it had said in there, <laughs> you think I'm good now, imagine if I got the number that I always wanted, I could wear number four.
1: I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be as okay with it as I would with Lamar. If Tucker, you could go pick up
0: this print issue of PressBox at your I neighborhood Royal Farms right it. now, and that's what it said. Like, it was, instead of larger than life being the headline, it said pushing four with the number four greatness. <laughs> if that was, and you could read that also at PressBoxOnline.com, you're telling me that you wouldn't be okay with Mark Andrews wearing number four?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess if he wanted to, he would also I would have but to. But nobody it. else. Yeah, nobody else. You
0: know, Marlon Humphrey's pretty good. He wears two fours. Maybe he only ever wanted to wear one four. I guess if Marlon wanted to. Now, we like Tyus Bass. <laughs> right. No,
1: I want, uh, no, Tyus. I gotta wow. There. Wow. Our friend, Can. Tyus Bass.
0: Jeez. All right. Very good. <laughs> hey, I had to do this uh, a little bit earlier on because of his schedule because he's also doing Thursday Night Football this week. Um, but it's always a pleasure for us to uh, catch up with the great Iron Eagle here on GCR. Always one of my favorite moments of the year. The first Iron Eagle Ravens game of the season is coming up this Sunday. as the Ravens host the Bills on CBS. Ian and our friends Charles Davis and, of course, Evan Washburn will be on the call. And he is back with us once again on GCR. The great Iron Eagle. Ian, always appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us.
7: Hey, Glenn. I feel like it's, it's like a rite of passage. The season officially <laughs> begins when I appear on your program. And the hope is uh, this won't be it. There will be more Ravens games to come
0: i got a funny feeling that'll be the case. I was also really hoping that this would work out, that you would be able to say on Sunday they are playing baseball in Baltimore in October this year, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately does not look like that is going to be the case. Hey, um, uh, I'm, ro- not, I'm yeah. not
7: rooting for that streak, by the way. I hope you understand. <laughs> I, I, know, want, I do not. I want that. that streak to end. I want that drop to end. I want it to be over in a thing of the past
0: i i understand that and we have never you know darn well we never took it personally we loved it it was we we ran with it for years uh it was one of our favorite things um i I, and before we get to this game i i I noticed kind of a neat thing happening this weekend uh noah's got maryland on saturday you've got the ravens on sunday is there any opportunity for you guys to like have a meal together or something like that it's
7: Well, it's coming off, you are very perceptive and observant. It's coming off a week where he was actually home because he had Iowa at Rutgers. So he ended up coming back to Jersey early in the week, staying with us uh, for the majority of the week and then going to the hotel to get ready for his production meetings and the game later in the week. So I got to see him quite a bit. I had to leave for Thursday night football towards the latter part of the week for that uh, Pittsburgh-Cleveland game, but Noah and I got, got some quality time in, which that's was cool. really nice. With that said, no. He's got to get back out to the West Coast after the Maryland game. He's got a preseason Clippers game, which is actually taking place in Seattle. If I they saw try that. to Get the NBA back to a city that deserves it. Uh, that's a city that never should have lost the NBA. That That was such a an unfortunate set of circumstances. So the hope is uh, this this is just the beginning for Seattle to get back into the league, which my understanding is uh, they're the next city up.
0: That's cool. That's cool. And by the way, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I know um, kind of a weird way that all works out too, right? Like uh, everybody brings up Kevin Durant and what could have been, and now, you know, you've got a yep. lot of Kevin Durant in your life these days. So uh, <laughs> everything always comes full, full circle uh this is a really good one uh ian on, on sunday this is perhaps an afc championship game preview um two of yep. what we believe to be the better teams i know right now miami's the three and oh team and beat both of these teams so they're probably waving and saying hi we know who the best team is in the afc but um i, I don't know what else I, you don't really have to try all that hard in order to hype this one up before the game do you
7: oh no I mean, this is obviously one of those games that pops off the page because of the quarterback play, the dynamic talents of the two guys, the way that Lamar Jackson continues to improve and evolve, which is saying something for someone who won an MVP award so early in his career, to say that he's getting better is a scary prospect for the rest of the league. Josh Allen, if if I look back to his first couple of years in the NFL when I was doing those games, I always came away thinking the same thing back then, which is, man, if they could ever harness this, if they could get rid of those bad throws or forces or unnecessary mistakes, boy, they're going to have someone special. And did they ever do it? Right support in Buffalo, his uh, ability to process as it's happening and change on the fly and also improve and work on his game. So I give a lot of credit to both QBs for not settling for early success in their career and striving for even more. Uh, it's it's one of those matchups you dream of as a broadcaster. You certainly dream of as an NFL fan, whether you're connected to these two franchises in any way is irrelevant. This is the kind of game that that you want to see and you want to see how it unfolds. You're right, and it could be, if not... An AFC championship preview, certainly a playoff preview. There's a very good chance they're going to see each
0: other again. Ian Eagle is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Ian, you just described something that I've been struggling with this week. because you know, the affinity that we've had for Lamar for some time, and while he has faced this absurd criticism, this nonsensical criticism, um, on a national landscape, we have all known how well Lamar Jackson can throw a football and that there's nothing wrong with someone who's really good at running the ball, you know, running the ball um, but what we're seeing yep. right now, that I, I have tried to describe what you just, you know, you, it's like watching an orchestra conductor at the moment. Like the command that he has, it's almost like it doesn't matter what a defense does because I don't know that I've ever seen someone so in control of every aspect of an offense the way that Lamar has been three games into this season.
7: It might be unprecedented. Truly, and I know we could sometimes fall victim to hyperbole, but you have to call it as you see it, and the skills that he combines on the field, the respect level that he has, not just from his teammates. I think if you went around to every NFL city and you went into the locker room, more often than not, the quarterback garners respect. There, there are obviously occasions where it doesn't happen, and teams then have to make a decision and move on because if you're not getting respect at that spot then you can't win right but when you have the respect of everybody else the, the players you're playing against the coaches you're playing against uh, this is the level in which Lamar Jackson has now risen to it's hard to stop him you know, I, I'm also working the the Thursday night game Miami and mm-hmm. And Cincinnati. So you go through a bunch of notes on on both games, and you start looking at what Lamar did against Miami, and you think, I, I don't know if you can play much better than that in, in that position. And that's what every team is facing when they have to deal with the likes of him. Buffalo's defense is excellent. It is banged up. They've taken some hits in major positions and look i am always hesitant in three weeks of a season to start looking at stats and and take what is a small sample and extrapolate it and make a statement well these guys can't stop the run it's on. no it's not on. it's three games and sometimes numbers are out of whack because of those games so I'm not ready to make those kinds of proclamations just yet about a team's defensive unit and what they do specifically <laughs> against this. <laughs> you need to get to week six, week seven, and get a real feel. Because numbers will will get thrown completely out of whack based on circumstances. That week two game with Baltimore and Miami, those numbers are going to throw your your rankings completely out of whack in a, in a three game format Buffalo last week, they didn't win the game. If you look at the numbers last week, what the Buffalo bills did against the Miami dolphins. If you ran that as a simulation a hundred times in the NFL, the team with the numbers that Buffalo put up would probably win 97, 98 times, but there are moments and flukes that take place. And uh, the numbers didn't get them to the finish line, so it, it's a little wonky in the early going, as we know. But you still form opinions, and you still get a sense of what teams are capable of. Uh, I think what Lamar is doing is is nothing short of amazing.
0: Ian, I'm going to ask you this question: Knowing you've done lots of Lamar games, and knowing you know you've you've thrown out Lamarvelous and Lamarkable and 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 so many things that we've associated with over the years, do do you do you feel any pressure as a broadcaster when, when you know anything could happen? Like, that, you, you're sitting down to call a game on <laughs> Sunday, and at some point, you could see something impossible. You could see something that's almost, you know, indescribable. Do you feel any more pressure doing a game that involves a player like Lamar Jackson, then you do any, like you do all, obviously, you've called every team in the NFL, you've called all the great players, but it's just yeah. so different, so unique, what you might get, and a highlight that might get shared for, for the ages, and, and will be on yeah. Twitter forever. Is there, like, I, I know you're very good at this, so maybe, you you know, you're long past that, but is there something that's different about sitting down to do a game like that? It's,
8: you
7: know, when I think about it, Glenn, uh, I started doing the NBA before I started doing the NFL. So my first job in the NBA was with the then-New Jersey Nets, 1994. And I noticed in those first few years that you know, the NBA would put a top 10 plays of the week out at the mm-hmm. end of the week. And if the game you worked, and sometimes it, it wouldn't be your call. They would use uh, the announcer that was doing the the home team call or the visiting call, but you never quite knew. And when those calls popped up, there were guys that were nailing it, and I was really impressed, and there were guys that were in the middle of something else, and it was almost an excuse me call on a big-time highlight. Mm. And something was planted in my brain at that point that you can't miss. On those moments. And look, we're all human. Things happen. I had a Thursday night game, uh, that Pittsburgh-Cleveland game, and George Pickens had one of the most incredible grabs you will ever see. And my call was spirited, but based on the location of our booth, which is the National Radio booth, in the corner, Mm -hmm. based on the fact it was happening on the opposite side of the field, so the defender is blocking Pickens as he calls it in. I make the call that he made a brilliant catch, but yeah, the fact of the matter is I could not possibly have seen him make the one-handed grab during live action. Our broadcast location would not allow it. So there are circumstances that take place that, that you have to be aware of. But for me, I think the NBA ended up being really good training material for the that kind of mentality of don't let the highlight pass you by. Mm-hmm. Don't get stuck in your notes. Don't get stuck in the middle of some story that nobody's going to remember 20, 25 years from now. <laughs> what they'll remember is the highlight. So yes, uh, th- there is something about uh, preparing mentally for the games where you have a high level performer like Lamar Jackson the playoffs this year in the nba working the games for turner you're doing games every other night you're traveling the day in between you're going from one city to another sometimes you're you're following the same series but other times you're not you're bopping around from series to series Uh, you're not getting great sleep you're not eating that nobody cares nobody wants to hear it if there's a big time highlight it's incumbent upon you to be in the moment and try to enhance the best you can the highlight on the floor. I had one this year with John ja Morant, which was out of this world. And I just happened to hit it just as, as it was unfolding. I had the right level of excitement combined with the right verbiage that created a fun, memorable highlight. So,
3: I think that's how you
7: have to approach it with Lamar Jackson. It's the same way you would approach it with LeBron James, or I approached it with Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan before that. When you're at that superstar level, there's a chance that that athlete will accomplish something in that game, a move, a moment that you haven't seen before, and you don't want to be the broadcaster that lets that one fly by. Without at least getting in the batter's box and taking a good cut at it,
0: it's a pretty significant company you just put him in with. with Ian Eagle, that is, phew, Lamar Jackson, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Wow, um, and and we've been blessed. We uh, we certainly understand it. I, I in, in preparing for this, a- anything that jumps off the page at you and says, you know, hey, I am a little bit concerned. I, I guess the defense is probably the thing. I know we just said we don't want to overreact the three games, but. You know That's the evidence we have, right? Um, that, that maybe concerns you a little bit about the Ravens just in the context of being a good team versus being a team that, that wants to try to win a Super Bowl this year.
7: Yeah, I'd say the fourth quarters have been a bit of an issue, and you don't want to be that team. You hope that that's an early storyline that goes away, that you uh, start to finish games and, and take care of opponents when you have them beat. Look, this is a, a talented group. I, I don't want to compare team to team to team, different iterations of the Ravens. The team that, that went to the playoffs as the one seed a few years ago, I thought was a really, really strong team. Uh, this is not exactly that squad. There are probably some more question marks that have popped up with this particular group. Are they going to get enough pressure on the quarterback consistently? Are they going to see improvement from from some of the young guys? Is Patrick Queen going to become a consistent player at this level? Someone that they can rely upon and not someone that flashes in games and provides a highlight here and there, but someone that, that's always doing his job and doing his job right. well. The secondary, I think they have a chance to be really good. They just haven't been great so far In this young season, Uh, need to get Ronnie Stanley back. That's a huge part of the puzzle and and making sure that they're whole. Uh, The young receivers, is there enough? Is there enough there in big moments? The tight end is ridiculous. And Mark Andrews to me is, if he's not number one right now in the NFL, he's top two or three. And and that's saying a lot because it's a very talented position. J.K. Dobbins back in the mix and getting him comfortable and looking like the guy that we saw back in his rookie season of of 2020 all legitimate questions and all part of a long nfl season but you look around the league baltimore's in really good shape they uh, they have a nice team i think they know what they are but they uh they have to go out and do it yep the way this division is set up too it's there. It's there for them to, to go out and win. Cincinnati is good. They, I think, will be fine when the smoke clears, but they don't have the mystique of a defending conference champion. They're not at that level where you think of them in that light. That means the division is open and open to go out and be won by by Baltimore to To secure a playoff spot and maybe dictate a bit that that the postseason could go through their place, which is really important.
0: There's no doubt. No doubt. And obviously it's the one thing that that people can still fairly poke a hole in when it comes to Lamar Jackson because there's nothing else left to poke a hole in. Um, But the lack of playoff success is that one still thing that he has to accomplish. Yep uh ian eagle I, I tell you man and i mean this you know it's not just the friendship but uh all those years ago when i was asked to come off the beat and uh, work in studio on game days i had no idea that the joy that i was about to have for the next uh, decade and a half as i'll be doing a you know post game for 105.7 the fan this week um was that i get to spend my sundays watching football with uh guys like you and Kevin Harlan calling games, so we get spoiled. I'm—I No offense to your colleagues, or your friends I know at Fox, but the fact that we get to hang out with you guys on Sunday afternoons, uh, it, it makes it all that much more joyous for us, and uh, makes us enjoy watching football that much more. Can't wait for this Sunday, 1 o'clock, on CBS with you, Charles, and Evan Ravens, Bills, and uh, every time I get to spend time with you, I hope you know how much it means to me, Ian Eagle. I appreciate you as always, sir.
7: Oh. Glenn, that, that means a lot, and I'm sure Kevin would, would feel the same way. It's a lot of fun going into Baltimore to call those games. Even before Lamar was there, I just enjoyed the environment, always enjoyed uh, that, that vibe of doing games in that stadium. And obviously with Lamar, it's uh, been taken to another level because uh, he's often the lead story or one of the lead stories because of what he does. On Sundays, this one really should be a lot of fun. I think Buffalo is a tremendous team, and despite their injuries, I I would expect them to fight through it. Uh, With that said, uh, this is one of those early season litmus tests that you like to get a sense of where these franchises are at. They're uh, definitely. Look at a bounce back after last week. That that was a disappointing loss considering everything that they did out there. They just couldn't turn it into points consistently. And for Miami, it gives them fuel. Uh, the Dolphins are, are feeling good about themselves. They've got an interesting, unique head coach who has a, a very deep connection with his players. And that can carry you in this league. When there's belief that uh, your head guy is putting you in the best position to succeed, that can lead to lots of wins. And that's why I think Miami is riding high right now. They just have really good energy inside their facility.
0: I, I, I don't know what else to say, man. I just want to say thank you as always. That's all I can do. Thank you as always. Can't wait for Sunday. And I have no doubt that we'll be talking again at some point down the road this season.
7: Yeah, sounds great. Glenn, always good to talk to you, bud.
0: It's Ian Eagle. He's, uh, he's awesome. We love him and uh, glad that he will be doing the game Sunday. Iron Eagle, of course, Charles Davis and Evan Washburn, Ravens, Bills on CBS. And, boy, that's, that's quite uh, a group of, of people to associate Lamar Jackson with, saying that uh, calling Lamar Jackson is like calling a LeBron James or a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant over the years in the NBA, and that prepared him for what it would be like to call a Lamar Jackson game. That is that is good stuff uh, from Iron Eagle. Um you know, again, the the other thing that we keep sort of thinking about as far as Sunday's game is concerned is the impact of the weather. I have bad news. You know, we still, the rest of the year, want you to get to that uh, tailgate party that they're throwing at uh, Hammerjacks, but they've actually already had to cancel that for Sunday because of the weather. Um, there's going to be a football game. Like, they're, they're obviously going to play it, but just, there's clearly... Serious concerns about what the weather is going to be like in Baltimore this weekend. Um, pales in comparison to what they're dealing with down in Florida. I didn't want to make that abundantly clear, but uh, plans have needed to be adjusted based on the weather expectations for this Sunday, where you know, weather, rain is in the forecast uh, throughout the day. Oddly, it feels like the rain chances have i don't want to say slipped because that's not right but um in fact it's now 73 percent chance of rain during the day 50 percent chance at night and it just seems like the rain is expected throughout the course of the day maybe we need to have a weather person on tomorrow maybe we'll look into that see if maybe stevie daniels or somebody that we know in town uh oh maybe marty would come on tomorrow Oh, let's see if Marty will come on tomorrow. We'll reach out and see if uh, our buddy Marty Bass... God, I still need to get Bob Turk on this show sometime. i gotta got to get on that. Um, But yeah, we will continue to monitor that heading into Sunday's game. If maybe you were planning on going to the game, but the weather might deter you from those plans, the better place to be, no offense, would be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. It's... You know... The games will all be on, the 100-foot media wall. You can watch and bet on all of them right there. Get your bet pad. Uh, More than 60 self-service kiosks, approaching 70 at this point as they've been adding more. Email events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot. And on top of everything else right now, you can register to win tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona All you got to do is make a $25 Super Bowl futures bet in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, and you can register that bet, fanduel.com slash S-B-N-A-Z, in order to win two tickets to the Super Bowl. And if the Ravens are going to be in it, you're going to want to put some money down on the Ravens winning the Super Bowl or at least making the Super Bowl. So I'd encourage you to get in to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Make that bet. you got to be a Live Rewards member. But I don't know why you wouldn't be a Live Rewards member. Again, fanduel.com slash SBNAZ in order to get your bet registered. When we come back in, it's time for us to make our picks for the week. KZ will join us. It's Glenn Clark Radio. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at Maryland5star.us.
6: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close
0: to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement. 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer.
5: brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. Watch at youtube.com slash pressboxonline.
9: The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens' Greatest Plays. 2021, the game on the line. With three seconds left, the Ravens connect on an impossibly long 66-yard field goal to beat Detroit, the longest field goal in history. Another great Ravens play belongs to Touchdown Joe from Silver Spring. Joe scratched a Ravens scratch-off and won a top prize of $100,000. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs to win instant cash or enter to win great second chance prizes. Please play responsibly.
0: Tailgate. That's GinsuGrills.com. Reserve
6: yours today. Join Glenn at halftime of every Ravens game for the Project Game Day Halftime Show at facebookcom slash sports We apologize in advance. There's not much we can do about his face. Hey, the next Tyus Bowser show is coming up
0: this Tuesday night. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue, in Station North, with Tyus and his special guest. It's such a cool place. Such an awesome atmosphere for the Tyus Bowser Show. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It is brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. We will see you at Guilford Hall Brewery this Tuesday night in Station North. Your opportunity to come out, rub elbows with some of your favorite Baltimore football players if you need more information. And I don't know what more information you could need. I always struggle with this. Like, what? you just can come out and meet your favorite players. That's simple. Until we tell you that there is a catch, there's no catch. This Tuesday, Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North, but you can find out more, pressboxonline.com slash bowser is the website. He is our buddy Ken Zalis. He joins us every week to help us make our picks, and maybe I sneak in a fantasy football question or two, uh, despite the fact that he is uh, long retired and uh, knows nothing now about fantasy football. He's not even really sure what the concept is. What's going on, KZ? How you doing, Pud?
10: I actually think I'm smarter now that I quit. What do you mean? And, you know, all that stuff.
0: I mean, is that just because you're acknowledging now that you never really knew all that much? I'll never acknowledge that. You'll never acknowledge that. Am I playing... Uh, all right, well, I got to play one of these guys. Am I playing Ezekiel, Elliott, Michael Thomas, or Romeo Dobbs? PPR? It is indeed. I'm going to go Dobbs here. I like it. I like it. That's what I wanted you to say. I'm going get- to I'm
10: gonna I'm gonna go Dobbs. I mean we you know, Dobbs is one of those guys that preseason it was a lot of hype but, you know, nobody really knew and Aaron Rodgers doesn't like rookies but uh, you know, he looks like a number one receiver to me. Sure as hell so. does. Sure as
0: hell does. Of course, we're also overreacting to one game. <laughs> like, well, we really... It's,
10: really, it's really it's really, two because he started to be more involved with targets. And even though he, he only had like four catches the week before for something like 50 yards, you could see the involvement and running more routes. Um, and those targets just, I mean, he still, he really only got one more target. This past week, than he did the week before. He just caught all of them and happened to score a touchdown. But they're using him in that uh, Devontae Adams role, um, which will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how, um, with Lazard possibly coming back this week, how the two of them uh, mix in.
0: All right, uh, I think I think I'm good. I
10: think uh, you want to get. Chris, Go if Chris
1: Goblin plays this week, do I play him over Tyler Lockett?
10: I think you have to. I, I think you have to i mean he's been out he, you know he came back he, he he ran around a little bit had the hammy if if he practices in full um you know thursday friday i i i think you have to they 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 have nobody to throw the ball to i mean that that offense looked just awful oh, but mike,
0: hang on mike evans is back this week isn't he
10: I I I I don't know yeah,
0: he is. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're,
10: but they're gonna you throw know. the ball to Mike Evans, dude. Yeah. They're gonna
0: throw the ball to Mike <laughs> Evan. <laughs> when, when Evans.
10: When Evans and God when Evans and Godwin play together, Godwin's the guy that gets more targets.
0: Okay, well that might be true. I mean I might I might hear you out on that, but it's you keep saying they don't have anybody else to throw the ball to. Like they well they do. Well,
10: They've- I mean uh, yeah, I mean like last week they didn't, so it's like you know, it'll be. I. I. I if he plays, I'm going to play
0: him. And by the way, what is the story on DeAndre Swift? Like, he's definitely out. Who
10: knows? I mean, I mean, they haven't said definitely out, but the the coach is like, I mean, he could use two weeks off. So, sounds like he's out. Without, you know, he hasn't practiced. So, well, we'll he doesn't practice Friday. He's not playing. Uh-huh. And and even even if he does play, I don't know that we trust him right now with the way they're they're using both backs. Even when he was semi healthy, I mean, he's not the goal line back in that offense. So you're taking away touchdowns unless he scores on a long one, like he did, I believe it was two weeks ago. I mean, we're really, you know, I mean, they have so many weapons now. I mean, you're, it's weird to say about Detroit, but you know, with with the emergence of Amon St. Brown and the addition of DJ Chark, and you know, they got a good tight end. And golf likes to throw the ball around and not really check down a whole lot. Swift's one of those guys that's kind of in no man's land right now. I hear. It's you.
0: sad. I hear. It's you. sad. I don't. I, but he's that's still. A,
10: that's a good offense. That's a good fantasy offense,
0: by the way. I understand that he's still largely been productive. I'm not. I'm take away the long run, and I don't. What What have he? What's he really done this year? Uh, uh, all
10: right.
0: You know what? You, I mean, week you, week
10: you, one week week one. He he lost the goal line carries to Jamal. Jamal uh, Williams, same thing in week four, or week
0: three. I, I, I just I, week two he had the big run. Other than that, I, he hasn't really done it. I have to drop one of these guys, by the way, in order to pick up a kicker this week. Would you drop Mostert or Russell Gage? Uh,
10: I'd probably drop uh, Mostert at this point. Doesn't. I mean, it, that's going to be let somebody else deal with that headache. Yeah, I mean, they have a million. They have a million running backs. Mostert didn't, hasn't really done much this year, and Edmonds had a good enough game last week that they're probably going to sneak him in. Uh, you know, I, I know Gage had a, had a big week, but Gage is one of those guys that I like to have on my bench because any week that Evans or Godwin misses, I mean, this is a 10-target guy. <sighs>
0: All right. I think I, I think the problem is I spent like two dollars in Fab on roster last week. Yeah, I know. Like I know. Mostert, whatever it is. I've had I've had I've had a lot of questions about yeah, him this week. What do you do? Well, what do you do tough. with them? That's tough. It's really, you know. really tough. Also, at this point, all right. This is, I swear to God, this is my last one because we have to make our picks. <laughs> I, I I want to fire Russell Wilson into the sun. Oh my God, it's so but bad. The, but the quarterbacks available in this league. Are Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, Mitchell Trubisky, Justin Fields, Geno Smith, and Ryan Tannehill? Cooper yeah, you're Rush. You're
10: riding, you're riding with to. Wilson. I have yeah. to.
0: I have no choice. And I just wanna, yeah,
10: You're right. He's, I hate it. You're so riding. Much. I mean, it's got. It's got to get better. I mean, there's Does too it? much offensive talent. Does it? Ugh. There's really a lot of talent there. It's just got to get better. I don't. God, I don't know. Gross.
0: All right, let's get into it. Picks. KZ still sits atop the table. He is 19 and 15. He is one game clear of myself and Kyle Ottenheimer. Two games up on John Proctor and Paul Valley. Griffin is five games back. And the good news for Andrew Stecca is Griffin is now closer to him than he is to the top of the table. As Andrew Stecka is three games back of Griffin in the race for the worm. So top of the table right now, very muddled, but KZ slightly ahead. Bottom of the table, Andrew Stecca, after having a 5-4 and four week, which by Andrew Stecca standards is basically like going 9-0. Oh. I mean, like that is as well as can be done. He is now only three games behind Griffin. At the top of the table, we're playing for a little bit of cash. At the bottom of the table, we're trying to avoid being the one that has to come in here, eat a worm burger dressed like the worm Dennis Rodman in a wedding dress, performing the worm from Scotty Too Hotty, but then getting stink-faced Rikishi style as well that's what's at stake we always pick three college games six nfl games picks are brought to you this week by guilford hall brewery as i mentioned that's where we're going to be on tuesday night for the tyus bowser show guilford hall brewery is truly a hidden gem in our city it is an amazing place great craft beer delicious bavarian inspired menu Open seven days a week. They do trivia. They do yappy hours. They've got so much going on. You can watch the games there on the weekend. And I'm telling you, man, you are going to pull up and be like, wow, this is here? I had no idea. It's, it is an amazing location. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Find out more GuilfordHall.com. First game this week. Starting in our backyard in College Park, the Terps
1: welcome the Michigan State Spartans. Saturday at 3.30 on FS1, Terps are favored
0: by 7.5 half.
1: All right, as this, of last night.
0: I hate, I hate that, obviously. I hate the idea that Maryland would be favored by 7.5 in a Big Ten game of any sort. I mean, I wouldn't like that against Rutgers. I hate that. But I'm, I'm not going to make the same mistake I made last week when I was warned. I'm not doing it again. When there is this much movement on a line early in the week... This line started at four, and that moved very quickly. Somebody knows something. I don't like it. I don't think Maryland should ever be favored by seven. I don't think they should have been favored by seven and a half points against Buffalo or against Charlotte. But somebody knows something, and I'm going to every instinct in my body to say, no, you don't pick Maryland to cover that number against a Big Ten team. I get it. Michigan State's been dreadful. I mean, they just got drubbed, drubbed at home by Minnesota. I Somebody knows something. I'm going with Maryland. Did he say Maryland? Get to the point. Yeah, I don't know where they touched Mich- you on the ball. Mich- 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 we we I've never.
10: I'm never. I'm. I, I. I get. I get everything you said. It's seven and a half. Maybe if it was six and a half, I'd take Maryland. I. I, I it's over a touchdown. I'll take the point.
0: When did? Where? Where? And when did Maryland football touch you on the doll? They didn't. I, They're just not a good program. So, I don't like
10: taking I don't like I don't like I don't like taking teams that aren't good. I mean I, I understand <laughs> all right
0: this is a whole different
10: I agree with on, uh,
1: John and Little Rock. He <laughs> says he says Terps by ninety, he's hammering the terps. Ooh. I am too uh Ooh. so Glenn, myself, uh Kyle Ottenheimer are on the Maryland Terrapins. Paul, oh, John, no. and am So sorry, <laughs> so sorry. Oh, Michigan no. State. So sorry where to steck I'm so sit?
0: sorry now I have I have Steck's picks again this week. I don't know oh, because they're competing. Steck is also on Michigan State. I'm so sorry, Cameron. I'm oh, sorry. so sorry. Nah. So sorry. Next up,
1: staying in Maryland. Or, well, yeah, we're staying. Well, it will be in Colorado Springs. But uh, Navy takes on Air Force at Air Force at noon on CBS. Air Force are favored by two touchdowns, 14 points.
0: I, I want to. I want to. But I can't. Air Force.
10: Yeah, I, w- I want to believe that last week was something, but I, I, I'm i with you. I, I can't on the road. I'll take Air Force.
1: I know nothing about either of these teams, and we had uh, Ty, Lava Ty, on, uh, on, on what was it, yesterday, and uh, it was really fun listening to him. So I'm riding with Navy. Okay, I like Why it. Why not? I like okay. it. I'm, I'm okay. Okay. Everybody <laughs> else is on Air Force. <laughs> hey, it's an opportunity. What are you supposed <laughs> you to do? Okay. Aren't you supposed to... I was supposed to, oh Howl.
0: Okay, very good. Thank well, you. What's that one? Okay. Stecha? What? Steka he? Oh, Stecka's also on Air Force. Okay. So
1: yes, yes I am Lone Wolf. Yeah. I like it. Feel good about it now. Uh last college matchup, number ten, NC State taking on number five, Clemson uh seven thirty on ABC. I think I wrote down 330. I think it's seven thirty on ABC, Clemson favored by six and a half.
0: Boy, I really wish this was seven and a half, right? Like, I really wish this was seven and a half. I don't know, I feel like I feel like we learned about Clemson. Like I just feel like they're frauds again. I, I, I regret the fact that I was me maybe making a pick about what I thought Wake Forest football was a week ago, despite the fact that I I knew they had a hell of a quarterback. I know that NC State perpetually frauds, perpetually like it's it's in their DNA to be frauds. But I just don't know how we trust Clemson at this point. Um, I'm going to go NC State. Yeah,
10: well, I, I, this is this is tough for me because I. I really enjoyed what I saw out of the offense for Clemson, um, last week. It was, it was a step for me, um, because that's, that's been the bad side. But God, God. I mean, I, I, the defense, it was, it was like they weren't even there. Uh, NC states, I agree with you. They're usually frauds, but they're usually frauds in November. Um like they they start out 5 and 0, 6 and 0 a bunch of times and then they'll lose to Appalachian State or somebody which I guess isn't a bad loss anymore. But uh I'm going I'm going to take the points. I'll, I'll take the Wolfpack as well.
1: Bad news, one person is on Clemson right now, John Proctor. Uh, actually, they make it two people. Okay. Andrew
0: Steck is on Clemson, so good news for all of us. Okay, good. good yeah, there you go.
1: Moving to the NFL, 10 nights on Prime Video at 8.15. Miami Dolphins travel to Cincinnati, take on the Bungles.
0: Cincinnati favored by 3.5. I mean, this is so difficult because, like, you know, how has this short week impacted Miami? And, you know, like, where exactly is Tua, um, you know, who definitely did not have a concussion? Like, definitely it was just a back thing. There was definitely no concussion. Does it smell like smoke in here, by the way? Yes, it does. It does. It's a little concerning. I, we might want to we might want to deal you with that. that I'll try to get through the segment and then we'll deal with it. <laughs> I mean if it if it really starts smelling like smoke then we'll have to ba- I mean it smells like smoke. Yeah. It's concerning right now. Um anyway, yeah, I, I I don't know what to make of any of this, but ultimately I I'm going to take the Bengals at home because it's a Thursday night game and it's been a weird week for the Dolphins. I'm going to just take the Bengals.
10: Yeah, um I'm going to take the Bengals as well. The I you know, off of the very, you know, it's a short week anyway and I don't think they've really practiced this week because they they went to Cincinnati so early. Um I, the the only problem with Cincinnati for me is that O-line is just awful. Uh they they're going to get him killed again. Um but I I I'll take Cincinnati. I don't like it, but I'll take Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I don't like it either. I'm taking the Bengals as well. Short week there at home. Yeah, I don't like, like it. it. Yeah. Nobody likes it. Uh, Glenn, myself, Paul, uh, KZ on the Bengals. John and Kyle are on the Dolphins. Bad news for us. Andrew Stecka mm. also
0: on the Bengals. Yikes.
1: Mm. All right. Good. Now to Sunday. Oh, this one on Fox at 1 p.m. Colts favored by three hosting the Titans.
0: Uh, the, the, look man i don't believe in either one of these teams but i i don't think the colts deserve to be three-point favorites against anyone they needed six different fortunate sets of circumstances i think we're overvaluing their win over the chiefs um i think this is more of a pick em. if you had thought about these two teams you know b- before last week i think we're just giving them too much credit i get it they played well and they did win the game but they needed an awful lot of luck in the process. Um, I I'm playing the points here. I just wish it was three and a half because I do still think the Colts can win the game. Um, but I'm gonna play the points. Give me the Titans.
10: Yeah, I'm gonna take the Titans as well. I I, I actually think the Colts have a good team. I just think right now defensively, even though they played really well defensively the other day, they're just missing too many people to stop Derrick Henry. Um, so I, I I I'm with you. I'm playing the points. I'll take the Titans.
1: Uh yeah I'm kind of going back and forth too but I'm gonna ride the Colts at home getting three I think I think this might end up being a push. I thought, I um, thought they were giving the three
0: or they're giving three yeah
1: yeah 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 that's that's yeah. what I meant
0: sorry but you said getting three it's a very big giving. difference. okay yes. giving
1: three I think it could be a push up uh, but uh, Glenn and Ken on the Titans everyone else on the Colts the, uh, hmm. oh damn it Andrew Steck
0: is also hmm. on the Titans oh yeah okay. jeez sorry. sounds like he,
1: Steck
10: is gonna have a good week yeah I
1: hope <laughs> I hope. <laughs> On CBS, the Eagles are hosting the Jaguars at one o'clock. Eagles favored by six and a
0: half. Jaguars, Jaguars. Wow. Not j- no, no no no. I'm saying it's not Jaguars. It's jaguars. Oh, I was like, I was
10: yeah. like, that was that was very un like, like like I'm just yeah. j- just announcing the pick. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but for what it's worth, I'm also taking the jaguars. Um, jaguars? No, nobody is taking the jaguars. Oh god, I've been writing
1: jags for. Really. Oh my That's god,
0: fine. Um, I just don't think that I'm there yet for Philly to be deserving of six and a half. That's it against a team that we think is good in Jacksonville. I I like oh. Philly. I like philly and i get it we're all in love with them but this comes off like a reminder that this is still the nfl and that when you think you know something you never actually know it um i just don't think this really is a on paper i don't think this should be a six and a half point spread so i'm going to choose to play the points here and i'm going to take jacksonville
10: yeah i'm going to go the other way I, i i think i i like jacksonville i like what they're building uh, but Philly's playing on another level on, on both sides of the ball right now, and they basically had a scrimmage last week well rested healthy um, uh, Hertz is playing out of his mind it's not it's only six and a half right,
0: All right six
10: yes. and a half yes yeah I, I i under a touchdown i i'll I'll continue to ride, Philly.
1: I feel the same way. I like Philly a lot as well. I have the Eagles. Kyle Oppenheimer has the Eagles. Ken has the Eagles. Everyone else is on the Jaguars. I got bad news
0: for you. Andrew Stecka also on the Eagles.
1: <sighs> All right. Yep. Well, mm.
0: Sorry to tell you.
1: Uh, 4, 4 p.m. window. Broncos taking a trip to Las Vegas. Take on the Raiders. Raiders favored by two and a
0: half. I, I'm, I know it burned me last week, but I'm just going to continue to say I hate everything about Nathaniel Hackett. I'm just going to keep picking against him every week. Give me the Raiders.
10: Yeah, I, I'm done picking the Raiders. I I just uh, they, they just uh, I, mcdaniel as, as much as you with with, with Hackett, I, I'm the same place with McDaniel. I don't. I just think that there are certain guys that are meant to be coordinators, and he's turning out to be one of those guys. Uh, he just totally clueless. This offense isn't moving at all with all the talent that they have. Um, They have not figured it out. Uh, Denver's going to figure it out at some point. They played a really well defensive game last week.
1: I I
0: like
10: their defense. I'll
0: take the points.
1: Uh, I will be taking the Raiders as well as you had a
0: you had a stat about this didn't I you? I do, yeah.
1: I already forgot what it oh, is. Great. They're they're six two and one against teams that are Owen three. teams that are Owen three. If they're favorites. favored in Week Four, yes, they're six, six two, and two,
0: and two and one over the last top couple of years.
1: So. Yes, in yeah, entering their Week Four game. So yeah, I like the Raiders a lot. Only two and a half. I I, I like them. It's a must win game for them. Uh, so uh, I think it means a lot more. It's week four, but it means a lot more to them than the Broncos. So I will take the Raiders. Glenn will take the Raiders. Paul on the Raiders. Everyone else, John, Kyle, and Ken. And how does it mean
10: more to them than the Broncos? They're zero three. They have to yeah, win. Then
0: it's the season's basically over if yeah. they don't. And well, the season's over at zero and two. It's uh, done. It's, I mean, and Andrew Steck also on the Broncos. Okay. Aye, I like aye, that. Aye.
1: Sunday Night Football, Chiefs taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for right now in Tampa uh, or, or Miami. I'm not sure what
0: no it would be it's either going to be in Tampa or it's going to be in Minnesota Oh Minnesota Minnesota. Okay.
1: yeah NBC Sunday Night uh, Chiefs are favored by one and a half wherever it is.
0: um the Buccaneers are a mess. I mean they're just they're a mess. I get it like we're still this is still Tom Brady, and I understand that at any point like he can still be Tom Brady, but the Buccaneers are a mess. Give me the chiefs.
10: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way right now. I, I I don't know what the Bucks are doing, and no matter who's played so far this year, they have not looked good. Maybe you know taking a month off during the preseason doesn't really work for people. Um, but g- give me KC.
1: Everybody on the Chiefs. Ooh, where, lone wolf in where? it, Andrew Stecka. With the Buccaneers, wow, Sander mm. Stecca. All right. Uh, finally, here in Baltimore, Bills take on the Ravens, one o'clock on CBS. Iron Eagle on the call with Charles Davis and Evan Washburn. Buffalo favored by three on the road.
0: Yeah, I like the weather is the thing that really screws with me on this one, right? Because I don't really know, like, what happens if the weather is just horrible on Sunday. I'm not sure what that means for this game but ultimately I'm I'm just going to play the points here. I don't feel great about the Ravens, but you know, I think they're both good teams and one of them's getting points at home and so if that's the case, I'm going to take the point team that's getting points at home. So that's it. That's it's really all there is to it. Ravens.
10: Yeah. Um I'm going to take the Bills. I I I, they basically gave away a game last week in in that heat in Miami. I mean, they totally dominated the offensive side I of the ball, um, and, and things just didn't work out. I, I just don't know how the Ravens' defense is stopping Josh Allen. And and the I don't forecast, know if you noticed the
0: Bills' secondary is pretty depleted too.
10: The they, they are they are. I, I look. I think it's going to be a terrific game. Uh, why it's one o'clock on a on a Sunday, I don't know, but. Uh, uh, I, I just I just have a tough one here. I, I in a shootout, uh, you know. I think the Ravens score a lot of points. I just don't like love them in shootouts, so I'm going to take the Bills.
1: I'm on the Ravens. Everyone is a homer except for Ken Zales. Where's that? Oh, Ravens. Well,
10: that just He's goes along Ravens. with so KZ, the like, you know KZ I'm a, KZ I, I hate wolf all things. You do so, apparently. Yeah.
0: Everybody's touched you sometime. <laughs> it's very weird. All right, yeah. KZ, give us a hell. Yeah, you're the lone wolf. Oh! Uh, b- by the way, the reason why it couldn't be a late afternoon game, we needed to get the Patriots-Packers matchup. That's the uh, national TV uh, well, the spread game. Spread we'll of that was, what four twenty-five. So. What's
10: the What's the Sunday night game?
0: Uh, that's that. I mean, that's Buccaneers-Chiefs. Uh, uh, oh, so you, okay. you get Hold that, that like okay. It's okay. top okay, lady that. Mahomes. But yes, Packers-Patriots, yeah, not quite as not quite yeah, as appealing well. at four twenty-five. All right, uh, at Fans Fantasy on Twitter is how you give him a follow. Uh, appreciate you, pal. We will talk to you again next Thursday, all right? It's, Thanks, guys. It's Ken Zalis joining us for Picks here on GCR. Picks are also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is available now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. includes the Bavarian uh, burger on the pretzel bun. Ooh, so good. The slam dunk pretzels, the cheddar ale soup the chicken schnitzel, the brewer sausage platter, the brewer sausage sandwich. Oh, all of it's wonderful. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. Get a tidbit and tubular quickly and then coming up after that, it will be weekend at Bookie's, Glenn Clark Radio. Tailgate. That's GinsuGrills.com. Reserve yours today.
4: Stan the Fan here. Welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410 477 1975. That's the cost to over 4100 North Point Boulevard.
6: Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses
0: and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland 5 Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping there's also great shopping and activities including a fresh food fest corgi race and a beer wine and spirits showcase so come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the mars maryland five star at fair hill presented by brown advisory october 13th through 16th learn more and buy tickets at maryland five starus
4: the latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom. From his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover.
0: county or call 410-887-5542 you must be a united states citizen possess a valid driver's license and have a high school diploma or ged equivalent the baltimore county police department is an equal opportunity employer
6: if you can't listen or watch live you can subscribe to the show via spotify amazon or apple podcasts leave a five-star review while you're there or if lying isn't your thing We'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Tidbit is brought
0: to you today by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You can use that code TAILGATE to save $100 when you reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill right now at GinsuGrills.com. It is the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Again, GinsuGrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE and save $100. Yes, we need the microphone. Yeah. All
1: right, so I saw this one last night Uh, from Bali, from Bali Sports, I guess, LA. I'm not sure. Which Bali one it was. Sports. Bali, Bali. Uh, no.
0: No, we don't do that. Everyone get knows. Right. Everyone no, knows what stop, it is. Stop. But Otani. This is not a good look. You're a broadcaster now. We get things right. Bali Sports. Bali. Bali, Bali. Let's go. Uh,
1: Otani is leading the Angels in plate appearances and innings pitch this season
0: which has not been done. It's going to be hilarious when yeah. I, when I have it wrong. That's going to be the funny part is when I'm I'm doing it. and then somebody else is like, "Oh, actually you you got it wrong." That's going to be the funny part. Um 1876 was
1: the last time this was done by Jim Devlin of the Louisville Grays when he led his sure. team with 299 plate appearances in 622 innings pitched. Jim Devlin in 1876 rest in peace he died uh, as when he was 33 years old from tuber- tuberculo- tuberculosis and he got kicked out of baseball for uh for intentionally losing games okay yeah. i who knew not i now we know not now I. we know uh and then my actual tidbit question for you or or do we have yeah we have time right mm,
0: not really but i mean is it what what's it the, was the aaron judge thing from what about yesterday it? he, about he
1: has uh he has the most extra base hits in a uh, in a, or he's coming. He he has a chance to break the record for most extra base hits in a season in baseball history with zero triples in a season. So I was going to ask you who else uh, is on that list. I have no idea. I Wanna would do it tomorrow. I guess, I'm guess
0: McGuire didn't have many triples.
1: You would be correct. He is yeah. tied for first right now. He has 91 extra
0: base hits. Tied. Oh, with this would have been a good one with Stan, though. With Giancarlo Stanton in uh, 2017, who right. didn't hit a triple. I didn't. I mean, that that's a little bit more surprising. Mm-hmm. Like not stunning, but that's a bit more surprising than McGuire.
1: I was waiting for Aaron Judge to hit a triple last night. I mean, it seems like Babe
0: Aaron Ruth did probably didn't have many triples. Uh,
1: yes, Babe Ruth is. I thought he was on here. Oh wait, maybe he's really. Oh, you, you know what? Yeah, because he. I think he's like the extra base hits leader in a season, and he had a triple in whatever that season. was. he had like okay. 115 okay. or something. Good for
0: Babe Ruth having a triple. That's <laughs> stunning. Uh, Who else? Is uh, on the
1: list? So McGuire and Stanton are tied for first. Aaron yeah. Judge is right behind now with like 89 okay. extra base hits. Uh, Man Ramirez had 87. That makes sense. Frank yep. Thomas in 2000 had yeah, 87. Makes sense. Uh, Sean Green in 1999.
0: I'm surprised he's on this list. Sammy
1: Sosa 86. Okay. Xander Bogarts in so, 2019. So I'm a little surprised. And Bogarts, does, that doesn't yes. make sense at all. And all then right. uh, A-Rod had 85 as well all right. in 2007.
0: Very good. Um, Tubular brought to you today by the Maryland Five Star. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete at the Maryland 5-star, the Mars Maryland 5-star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Orioles will wrap up their series because the schedule dictates that they must. They play a matinee a game with the Red Sox this afternoon. It's at 1.30 on Mass and Mike Bauman and Nathan Evaldi, the pitching matchup. Phillies-Cubs at 2 on MLB Network. Rays-Guardians at 6. Dodgers-Padres at 9.30. Uh, Football tonight, of course, Dolphins-Bengals 8.15 on Prime Video. ESPN's got Utah State-BYU at 8.00. Golf channel for round one of whatever the Sanderson Farms Championship is at three thirty. Some hockey and some—it's all there. GlennClarkRadio.com. Anything that matters. Non-sports. Uh,
1: season six premiere of Young Sheldon. Nope, on CBS. I said matters. <laughs> Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. Tiki Barber I is going to be on there. I said matters. Tiki Barber is going to be on there. Matters. New episode of Atlanta. and yes. New episode of
0: She-Hulk. Sure, those things do matter. To oh, people. Hell's Kitchen season twenty-one premieres. I'm not into Hell's Kitchen, but you know somebody cares. I'm mm. sure somebody cares. All right, thanks today to uh, Ken Zalis. Thanks also to Ian Eagle and to Steve Suter. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the <coughs> tab at Radio.com. On the program tomorrow, we'll preview the Bills. Uh, Eric Wood, their uh, radio color analyst, former offensive lineman, will join us. Of course, Bo Smoka will join us. And speaking of the Bills, uh, Tyler Matikavich, uh, who plays for the Bills, is also very involved locally with Show Your Soft Side. Of uh, the wonderful animal charity that you know I'm involved with, and we figured we'd catch up with him because I don't really know how he got hooked up with a local charity. I don't know what the story is, and I just kind of want to find out. So, ahead of Bill's Ravens, we thought it'd be a good time to do that. All right, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, the Maryland Five Star, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms Acosta's Inn. Maryland Lottery, Guilford Hall Brewery, Grade 8's memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass is how you follow him. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening oh birds Duke sucks Ohio State sucks too if you're with us on video give us one minute to refresh wherever you started from if you're with us on audio do nothing Weekend at Bookies is coming up next And back in here for Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass. In just a minute, our buddy Andrew Stecca joins us for Stetson Figures. Bounced back somewhat last time from his miserable performance, the uh, previous appearance. Later on, we will uh, catch up with our buddy uh, Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports, talk a little baseball and football with him uh, as we're in the final week of the regular season for baseball, and uh, clearly we'll be talking more uh, about baseball during the postseason as well. But we start things off with our friend Andrew Steka, who did not go 0-4, and so we call that progress. Andrew Stecca, what's going on, pal? Mmm. Mmm. Always makes me nervous whenever something like that. It's not. It's not him. It's not him. It's us. This is the whole it's not you, it's me situation it's not him it's us andrew can you hear me now
10: i could hear you before oh well now i can
0: hear you too and that's well i'd say it's better but i never really know i never really know what's going on bud how are you
3: I'm doing okay, man. I'm uh, battling through a little bit of a cold. I don't know what you guys got in the water out there, but I I, I had a little bit of a bug. Oh, that's right. You came, yeah, you came last week. you came back with a bug.
0: You came home. Uh, it's it's interesting. You came back with a bug. because next time you come back, it might be for a worm. So how about that? Yeah, no, that's um, interesting. That's a well, well done. I see. I, I see. You made it to a a, a baseball match. Uh, uh, thanks. I mean, thanks yeah, for ruining for everything. Thanks for ruining everything for us. All all hey, man, came was, to a uh, screeching was, uh, halt the moment that you showed up. Real weird.
3: I was I was three and two attending Orioles games this year. I went Mm. three in St. Louis and two in Baltimore, and went three and two in those. So I'll have you know I had a winning record.
0: Yeah, that's better. That's better than you are in uh, stats and figures. So uh, we got that. You don't know what you don't know. What my record was at Oregon. What was your record? I'm I'm seven and zero. Why didn't you go to more games, Griffin? (laughs) Sorry, pretty selfish of you. I know. I guess. Pretty selfish.
3: Sounds (laughs) like it's on Griffin to me.
0: Yeah, it is on Griffin. I saw you made it out to uh, see uh, Mr. John as well. You saw uh, Elton John on Saturday. Yes, I
3: did. Yes, I did. Went down to uh, what I. It was my first time in a. In what is a horrendous horrendous ballpark God, it down is there so eat. bad like uh, there is
0: just nothing redeemable about that place like i keep thinking to myself like what if you really care desperately about the nationals like how could you sell hey but if you sit here it's pleasant like there's just n- that ballpark sucks it has no personality it it has no life it
3: was very it was very bad. It's a lot of concrete walls, yep. and not the concourses are small. And there's like two entrances and exits. It was just very, very bad. It is, miserable. but the concert was lovely. I'm it, sure the it concert was, was it wonderful. Was great to yes. see, yeah, it was great to see a, a a living legend, and you know, it was it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that part was great. But yeah, the only time I have ever enjoyed a trip down to D.C. is they 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 do a uh, a Christmas lights thing. They do like they build the build a maze uh, on the uh, infield and use the entire field for like a – and we take the kids down there every year because it's amazing, but that's literally only – it's because we don't have to deal with the rest of the ballpark. Um, it is right. It is a miserable, miserable place. All right, uh, last time out, Stick has struggled. Uh, he decided to pick outright against Maryland. That was a bit of a mistake. Uh, decided to uh, ride with the Steelers. I thought he was on something there. I was in agreement, but – uh, apparently as always whenever we think whenever we look at something and say that line stinks what is that we're always wrong we are always 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 wrong they always know something but he did nail uh chiefs chargers first half under and he did get the packers uh covering a big number against the bears so he did go two and two which is progress after a tough zero and four week uh stetson figures this week andrew where are we beginning
3: well, we're going to go back to soccer parlays to start, because the Premier League returns off an international break this weekend, and there are two enormous matches uh, this weekend, as I'm sure you know, Glenn.
0: Ah, I know. You know what
3: the two big matches yeah, are. Oh, my God, God. Do, I,
0: do I ever? I'm sure uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers are involved. I'm no, that's,
3: that's not the one I was talking about. Oh. There was a North London derby on Saturday morning, and then a Manchester derby on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, we're going to pick from both of those games. Okay. Um, Arsenal play Tottenham on Saturday morning. We're going to take Arsenal to win or draw, so at least to get a point at home. It's been 11 years since Spurs have won against their North London rivals uh, away from home, um, and I, I, I expect that trend to continue. Now, these two teams are very evenly matched, and the winner, at least for a brief moment, is going to go to the top of the league. Um, but I, I think Arsenal does have enough to at least get the win or a draw at home and then the other match is that manchester city manchester united game i really like city to win this game manchester united still have a ton of questions at the back um and they're just not sc- they're just not scoring enough to keep up with city and i like erling holland uh, the the current leader in the premier league with 11 goals to score in that match so you tie all of those things together no. arsenal to win or draw Sorry, go
0: ahead. All right, so I was trying to stay. I, go ahead, because you're doing what I was about to do. I was trying to recap all of the, everything that you just put into this. Yeah, parlay.
3: yeah, I'll, yep, I'm going to recap. It's, it's three legs. It's, it's, it's a three-legged parlay. It's, it's Arsenal to win or draw, Manchester City to win, and then Erling Haaland to score. And you, you tie all that together, you get plus odds at plus 140.
0: Phew. All right. All right. Needs a lot to happen there. But, yeah, clearly they think it's going to happen because it's only plus 140 for a three-leg parlay. So they are expecting it uh, to be the case. All right. Um, I, I would offer some analysis here, but Lord knows I don't have any. <laughs> I have nothing to add. Hey, you know what, soccer bet I wouldn't make? The United States doing anything at all. What the hell happened to us? No.
3: No, stay, stay far, far away from them uh, Jesus when it comes to the World Cup.
0: Jesus Christ, that that's is a bad. That is a dangerous, dangerous road to go down. Thank God this World Cup is happening during football season and nobody will care in this country because, jeez, maybe it would have been better off not qualifying again. Holy hell. All right, next, Stetson Figures.
3: Uh, we're going go to go to college on Saturday. Uh, Kentucky travels to Ole Miss, Ooh. and they're getting almost a touchdown in this game. Uh, they're getting plus six and a half now. The Wildcats have a really good record against ranked teams against the spreads, uh, in, in the last, uh, almost, you know, decade, it's since 2015. Wildcats are 15, five and two against the spread in those games. Uh, and five of their last 20 road games, uh, have been unders, which would favor a, a, a team getting almost a touchdown. They're getting six and a half in this game. They're also going to get Chris Rodriguez back from suspension this week. They're talented running back. Um, I just think this SEC East is, is very tight, and I, I like Kentucky getting the 6.5 away to Ole Miss. I just think you know, that is you know, an almost, almost a touchdown in that kind of game. I think it's too many points, so give me the log cap.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't realize they were plus 6.5. I love that pick. Um, man, I had no idea. That's crazy. Sure. Um,
3: Ole, Ole, Miss also, Ole Miss is also 0-3 against the spread all-time against AP Top 10 teams, which Kentucky currently is. Wait,
0: Wait a second. Say that
3: one more time. Ole Miss is 0-3 against the spread against AP Top 10 teams. I
0: don't believe that Ole Miss has only ever played three games against Top 10 teams. That number, there's something missing from that number. Well, that was the number that I had. There's just no way it is humanly possible that an SEC team has only ever played three games against AP Top 10 teams. How... I mean, come on, man. That, what do we? What is missing? Like, I want to know what that number is. Like, is it their last? That they, they lost their last three games, or are they, you know, their O three against the spread, their last three, or something. Like that? But they play in the yes, same. I'm
3: sorry. Yes, it is.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's, right. Yeah.
3: It's their last three. Okay,
0: that makes yes. way more sense. I'm like, what? There has to be. They play in the <laughs> same division as Alabama. Like come on there's got to be something missing there all right that makes more sense then yeah i like i like that pick um and it's weird because i'm inclined to dislike any pick you make but um
3: yeah of course uh, you
0: are. I, I do like that one all right uh let's uh, continue andrew Stecka is with us here on weekend at bookies for stets and figures where we had a next
3: uh let's go back over to london but not for soccer for football because there's ah, a london nfl game this
0: week there is indeed
3: uh Favorites in the London games, if you take out the Jaguars, who seem to always play in London, and I know this is fudging the numbers a little bit, but the Jaguars are involved in so many of these London games that when you remove them from the equation, favorites in London are 18-3-1 straight up, and they're 15-7 and seven against the spread. Um, in early kickoffs, that number is even better, which is what this is, the early kickoff game. You remember, they used to play those, those later games that were kind of tied in with the afternoon games here in the states but for this window too um and it's just the vikings are favored by this game unless by less than a field goal and i don't quite it's another line i don't quite get i feel like they're a much better team than new orleans is uh they're only laying two and a half so i like the vikings minus the two and a half in this game um new orleans is averaging about three turnovers a game which is not i hear not good when you want to turn the ball over that often Um, And I also have an interesting Jameis Winston stat for you here. Uh, Jameis Winston, when the spread is three or less, is only thirteen twenty-three and three against the spread all time.
0: That's interesting. Uh,
3: So Jameis Winston not good in the close games. When it you could have you could have you could have stopped
0: Jameis Winston not good. I would have accepted that. Yeah, I could have. You could have. And and
3: and by the way, he very well may have broken ribs or something, and is still planning on playing in this game. So. I just don't like uh, New Orleans to even cover two and a half. Give me the Vikings. I
0: I completely hear you. I really do. I am just in a weird place where, like, I almost refuse to bet London games because I just never know who's more impacted by the travel, who, you know, whatever else is going on. There's so many underlying things about, like, playing at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time that it's very difficult for me to have any confidence that it'll be a a representation of what we would expect in a normal game. So I I like I, I everything you're saying get, got it. But I still personally I will just try to avoid betting London games kind of for the rest of my life.
3: I I get that, but I just feel like when there's a you know when there's a small advantage to be to be one here. I feel like the Vikings were laying Five, four or five in this game, I'd be a little more hesitant. Yeah. The fact that it's under a field goal, I'm, I'm all on board. I get
0: it. I, get, I completely get it. And I do think the Vikings are definitely better. I mean, I, I agree with that, but eh, I just don't like one. Yeah. All right. Um, and then finally.
3: Uh, finally, we're going to stick with the NFL, and we're going to put together a teaser here for you. Um, there, it, it's weird. When I looked at the NFL slate this week, there's a lot of games which I felt like the spreads were about right. And it, there's, there's weirdly a lot of games that I think are going to be very competitive there's not a lot of very large lines. Uh, the only one that's really large is that uh, Patriots-Packers line, which is actually, I think, as of now, back down under double digits. I think it's down to nine and a half. Um, so I put together a teaser here, and it involves the Ravens as well. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do a three-team seven-point teaser, which is gonna be plus one twenty odds. So we're gonna move the Ravens from three points to ten points at home against the Bills. I mean. I'm I'm gonna be fine with the Ravens not losing by double digits at home. Uh, they are number one. They're five and zero oh, all uh, against the spread as a home underdog in the last five years. Um, Lamar is very good as an underdog. He's nine and one um, in, in in that sense uh, covering the spread as a dog. So I I like the Ravens in that sense. The other team we're gonna take from this is the Cardinals. We're gonna move them from one and a half to eight and a half away to the Panthers. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is weirdly a much better coach on the road than he is at home. And that offense has all kinds of opportunities, even if they fall down early, which they tend to do to get a backdoor cover, which is like kind of what we tend to see out of the Cardinals. a lot. We see them start okay. slow okay. and come back. And, and, and I think the Cardinals can, can, can win that game outright as well. I think they're probably overall the more talented team than the Panthers. Um, and then the last one is where this gets tricky because when I looked at this last night, I thought, okay, the Bucks. Are a one and a half point underdog at home to the Chiefs. Let's move them. But then I looked this morning, and that line has actually moved so much that you're now getting the Chiefs as an underdog in that game. They are now one point underdogs to the Buccaneers, and I'm going to just flip that and take the Chiefs and move that that to eight uh, on on the on on the side of the Chiefs and give me give me the Chiefs plus the eight points in that uh, in that teaser as well because it's Patrick Mahomes and he's you know he's Patrick Mahomes in that offense. I get that the Bucks have a very good defense, but they're also not going to score a lot of points with all these guys they still have out and Tom Brady looking like he's you know an older version of Tom Brady as of right now. So I'm going to flip that and, and move the Chiefs to 8 points and say they can cover 8 points even even at a, against a good Bucks defense. So it's a free team teaser. You're getting Ravens plus 10 at home against the Bills. You're getting the Chiefs Plus eight away to the bucks, and you're getting the cardinals plus eight and a half away to the panthers for plus one twenty
0: i I don't love teasers, I just don't, but I can't tell you why this one's not gonna come through like all of that does make complete and total sense i just god i I feel like you're asking for it. I almost feel like you're you're tempting the fate of God or something like that whenever you do this you're like man i this the Cardinals, eight and a half, that's going to come through. And then, like, you know, the Cardinals just lay the egg of all eggs the way they used to on, um, you know, it, it, whenever you would expect anything from them. You know, like, I, I just, I don't I, know, man. I, I'm with you. I like, you. A, like a
3: two-team you. teaser a lot better. I like a two-team teaser that, well, a lot more than I like a three-teamer. But you can get plus odds in this one, and there were just these
0: these no, three I hear you. numbers. I hear you. The
3: way that you can manipulate them really jumped out at me. This week, especially with, like I said, when you go down the board. There are so many games this week where it's one and a half, two and a half, three, um, and and the numbers were just kind of there for me to where you know there's one team that I like better in the matchup anyway, and then when you can mo- manipulate that number uh, to, to 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 you know think that it's going to be a close game anyway and get the points, I just it was hard to
0: resist. No, I get it. I get it. I completely understand, and that plays out to a uh, plus one hundred and twenty to uh, play that three leg teaser. Right now. All right. Very good. We will get them up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. At A. is how you follow him. Appreciate it, pal. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks, all right? It's
3: all right. Cheers, Glenn. Thanks.
0: It's Andrew Stecka joining us for Stets and Figures this week. I cannot believe that that number moved. I mean, that number moved, you know, it just was, from yeah. – it was, it was minus one and a half. Yes. Last night when I – Now it's the Chiefs plus one.
1: I wonder why. Oh, it
0: scares the crap out of I know. you. It's it tariff, This goes back to what I said about Maryland, right? Like when when you see line movement like that, you you don't like it. You don't like it. Because there is zero world in which the Chiefs should be getting points. None. Makes no effing sense. But they're not stupid. We are. We're stupid. Fanduel is not stupid. I promise you that. They know exactly <laughs> what they're doing. We are a couple of dummies. So there's something going Was there was there trying to see if there's a any like a, some sort of update Like yeah, is there a story out there not about the, the Chiefs? I mean, is there a something that happened like is Mahomes uh, Yeah, Mahomes not playing. <laughs> and I am really really confused. Chiefs. Um uh, maybe it's related to this story? um the mayor is pushing strongly to keep the game in tampa um there's a rick stroud the tampa sports authority informed the nfl thursday that they have all the resources in terms of emergency services law enforcement etc to host sunday night's game between the bucks and chiefs at raymond james stadium it's up to the league now to make the final decision and mayor jane castor of tampa bay on another note we're doing our best to keep the Buccaneers game here Sunday. I have assured the NFL that the only disturbance here Sunday is when the Bucs kick ass. I mean, I don't I didn't know enough I, like if if the line was where it was only because of the assumption that the game wasn't going to be played in Tampa and this is just a course correction to now we're assuming the game is being played in Tampa, so we're adjusting the line, you know, accordingly for that. Okay, I just still don't see what we've seen from the Buccaneers that would make them be favored favored anywhere against the Chiefs right now. I just I don't um I, I don't get that. But that might be all it is. It might very well be that just in the last couple of hours the the confirmation has come in enough for FanDuel and the books to believe the game's going to be played in Tampa. Whatever the path of the storm is, it's not you know Tampa's is not it, not going to be the problem. So I. Man, I don't know. But it uh, it definitely concerns me. As someone who has... It was... was uh, Steck is the only one on the No, well, I mean, he likes the fact that he got it where he got it, I guess. Yes. <laughs> like I mean, I there is some scenario where they could lose by a point, and now he's a winner, right? <laughs> like, they lose 27-26. He's like, yeah, got it exactly right. I don't know, man. Weird bit. All right, when we come back in. Our buddy Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports will check in with us. We'll talk about today's baseball slate as well as uh, everything going on week four in the NFL. That's next. Weekend at Bookies is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. It's- 2. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED
4: equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer.
0: Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food,
9: good sports. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens' Greatest Plays. It was called the Mile High Miracle, a 70-yard touchdown pass against Denver with 30 seconds left to send the game into overtime. The Ravens eventually won, propelling them to the championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Diane from Annapolis. Diane played Raven scratch-offs and won season tickets for 20 years. You could be next. Play Raven scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000, and please play responsibly.
0: and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery.
6: Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookie's every other Thursday at 1140 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show too.
0: You right now go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland and you make a Super Bowl futures bet. It's got to be a plus 300 odds or more, but obviously all of the Super Bowl futures bets right now that are available are plus 300 odds or more. But you make that bet, you're a Live Rewards member, and then you go to fanduel.com slash SBNAZ. It's got to be a $25 bet. You register that bet. You could win a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Now, the Baltimore Ravens currently are still behind teams like the Buccaneers and the Packers as far as their Super Bowl odds are concerned. The Ravens are still 14-1 to to win Super Bowl 57 so I can do simple math if I write it out that smells to me like you could win $350 on a $25 bet and you might have the tickets taken care of for you to be there in Glendale Arizona for you to watch the Ravens try to win the Super Bowl seems like that would be pretty good with a little bit of uh, extra spending cash that you could use $25 bet on a Super Bowl futures bet right now if you're a live rewards member make it in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland then register it at fanduel.com slash s-b-n-a-z and you could win I don't know if our buddy Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports is thinking about his Super Bowl futures bet, normally zeroed in on uh, game day and uh, the daily, weekly baseball football slates. Let's bring him in right now. BK, what's going on, buddy? How are you?
11: Doing great, Glenn. Ready for a great week four in the NFL. Getting close to those baseball playoffs, too. It's- one time to be uh in the sports world. Yes, sports it would be it right would now. be
0: more fun if the Orioles were going to be participating in those baseball playoffs, but uh, you know, it's uh it's what it is. Nothing we can do about that at this point. Hey, um uh Brad, let's start with the baseball slate. What uh what's jumping out at you right now as you look at today's games?
11: Yeah, so not a ton of sexiness in today's games, but I actually saw a couple futures that, that that are really interesting. Ooh, okay. And the first one is uh Looking at the NL East division, if you go on FanDuel, it's the only division still live. You know, obviously all the other ones have been wrapped up by now, but the Braves are at plus 310. The Mets are at minus 380. They're about to face off in a series starting tomorrow. And it's aces wild. It's DeGrom, Free, Scherzer going. I mean, this is for the division. But to get the Braves at home, basically saying, if they win that division, can they finish their last series as well? I kind of like the Braves odds here. Just you know, you only got six games left. It's not like you're betting on half a season here. Can the Braves essentially topple the Mets in this one series and then handle business in their final series? What's so the, that's a really interesting play.
0: What's the story on the season series between the Braves and Mets this year? Like, where are they at going into this weekend?
11: Yeah, I would have to to pull that up. Hang on Len, a second. I would like um, to because that testing me on my tested me on the research here. Well, but I mean and this and it's it's,
0: it's it is relevant to me because obviously there yes. th- there's no you know there's no game 163 anymore. They just go to the tiebreaker in order to um, determine who would be the wit, the, the winner of the division at this point. Okay, so yep. the Mets lead the series nine to seven. This so the this Braves season. would have to sweep in order to take that back. Of course, if they sweep, they're probably not going to need the tiebreaker at that point they would move ahead by a full two games
11: that's very interesting absolutely it's very interesting and what I, guess, I like about the braves yeah too, is they're 52 and 26 at home they're just a different team i mean they're great on the road too they're 45 and 33 but playing a team at home the braves can close they have proved that over the last two plus seasons so it's, it's just to have that kind of money like Yeah, i there, get it i get it Interesting. Well, I was
0: trying to figure out why the number would be that with only a one-game separation, but this this makes sense. Essentially, they're saying anything but a Braves sweep, and they believe the Mets will win the division because the Mets only have to finish in it if they can just win one of the games this weekend. Then the Mets only—you said nine and seven, correct? That's what you said, Griffin. Nine and seven. So even if the Braves, if if the Mets win one game, then they would go ten and nine against the Braves this season so what they're saying is the only scenario where we think we're we're screwed now it's not this simple because both of them have to as you point out Brad they both still have to play three more games after that um so there is still a lot more that could happen but in doing the math FanDuel is saying because a tie favors we think will end up favoring the Mets we're giving them those odds so that's I was just confused by the odds I was like wow I just I don't think they should be that yeah. that far apart, given that there's only a one-game difference, but the tiebreaker is still quite relevant there. Yeah, I mean, the juice, I hear you. The juice with the Braves being at home is probably on the Braves. You're probably right about that, but um, this is a selfish thing. You know how much I love Buck, and so I refuse to do it. I refuse to uh, bet against Buck because, you know, that's our guy. That's our guy. I won't do it. Anything else baseball-wise that jumps out at you?
11: Yeah. The only other thing, Tampa Bay Cleveland today, Jeffrey Springs, uh, his pitching total for strikeouts is at 4.5. So I, I like the over here for Springs. He's had five plus Ks and three straight starts and four of his last five. Um, I just think, you know, as the season winds down, Cleveland's already clinched, let's get some strikeouts for Springs. And, uh, and cash out going home uh, on a Thursday night in the baseball court. All right.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, Brad Krunthal is with us from Alloy Sports. Brad, you guys are now, uh, you've dipped your toes into football waters. Remind everybody what how Alloy can help them as they make their football bets this season.
11: Yeah, absolutely. So we are live on the App Store, Alloy Sports. We let you build your own betting strategies really quickly, really within 30 seconds with our platform that's live now. It's called our Quick Start Wizard. We backtest your strategies and tell you how it's performed in the past and the upcoming games that fit it to bet on each week, help you become profitable sports bettors.
0: Um, You guys have anything? You've been looking at anything this week that maybe has caught your eye? Or is there one strategy, perhaps, that you have found to be uh, pretty beneficial so far this NFL season?
11: Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Len, because I'm actually going to debut one on on your show here. I uh, had the article written, but I wanted to... uh, you know, debut it here. So basically, every week we're pushing out what we call our alloy forecast, and those are successful strategies that we're essentially giving sports fans and sports betters that you know they can use for that week if they agree with it. So for for the past three weeks, we've pushed out new ones, and this week is no different. Uh, this strategy is really awesome. So built it on the Quick Start Wizard really quickly, and it yielded an eighty percent win percentage since the start of last season. Um, 41-game sample size. So, I mean, 80% is kind of unheard of, um, but back-tested it a little further, which you're able to do as well. Since 2018, this strategy is hitting at 64%, and that's got 150-game sample size. Wow. So, So yes, that kind of shows the power of what we're able to do, but really quickly, and if you're a sports fan, you'll be able to pick this up in seconds. So, you know, we'd kind of be crazy to tell you what went into the strategy, but... That's what we're about, so I'll tell you exactly what went into okay. it. Okay, basically drive, drive, ending and touchdowns and power rushing teams um, when they're on the road, and we're looking specifically at teams that are close underdogs, and we're counting that as teams in the spread range of you know zero p- plus zero point five to plus five.
0: So, anybody that stands out uh, when it comes to that this week? Anybody that you look at and say, "Hey, this fits the strategy pretty well."
11: Quite, quite a few, actually. So, tonight there's a play, Miami, plus 3.5 at Cincinnati, which is really interesting because the public is all yeah. over the Bengals tonight. Yeah. So, Miami has covered, and, and a few of our strategies have liked Miami all year, especially, unfortunately, the game against the Ravens, where they were down by 21, and, you know, the strategy liked Miami. Obviously, you don't win them all. I'm not saying you're going to hit it 80% every week, but, you know, Miami's been pretty consistent this year in covering, so i uh, like Miami tonight on the road in Cincinnati to cover at 3.5.
0: Okay. All right. I hate that because I bet Cincinnati. So I hate the fact that you're giving me this information, but it is relevant, and uh, hitting it 80% going back to the last year, that is... Oh boy, now I'm terrified. So thanks a lot, Brad. Really appreciate you doing this to me. Really appreciate you coming in here with all this information and data and knowing things when I'm all out here like I don't know. It's Thursday night. Bet the home team. That damn it, damn it. The the curse of having more information. Um, anything else you think folks should know about Alloy or before um, you know they start doing their week four NFL betting?
11: Yeah, absolutely. Sign up for the app. All you got to do is basically give your email and you have access to our email newsletter where we're giving out different strategies, how they're performing, you know, the games to bet for that upcoming week. And then you can build your own. I mean, that's the power of the tool. You get to build your own betting strategies, that, you know, we make it really easy for you. So have the tools and the data at your disposal. We help you out. We're helping sports bettors, you know, win more bets this season.
0: That's awesome. Brad Cronthall. remind everybody where they can find you on social media.
11: Yeah, you can find me at B underscore Cronthal or our,
0: Alloy account at Alloy Sports. Uh, Dude, appreciate you. We will talk again in two weeks. Thank you so much, as always, my friends.
11: Awesome, Glenn. Good luck on your bet.
0: That's Brad Kronthal from Alloy Sports checking in with us here on Weekend at Bookies. Well, it's that time. um, we, we, We hit one of these about a month ago, and we were feeling really good. We call it Griffin's Gratuitous Grouping. It's where we allow young Griffin to try to put together a parlay to make you guys some money. And again, he hit one. He got one. Just one. <laughs> That's it.
1: Only well, one. I've only had, uh, I think, because since we do this show every other week, I think I've only had one, two, three, four. So this will be my sixth time doing one, right? Which I think. I'd have to think
0: about whether or not the one I mean, hitting, all plus is hitting one every, enough to have made it profitable is the question. I don't remember. Like we'd have to think and about. I come close every time, which is yeah. The but worst the, but part. again, coming close doesn't help. This is like when you told for those that follow, you need to be following uh, Live Casino in Hotel Maryland on social because we're also giving you advice over there. And uh, a week ago, Griffin was like, "Hey, man, uh, hammer uh, Kansas and then uh, the over." And he got half of it right. The problem is he told you to parlay it. He didn't tell you to play it in two pieces. So if you just played the parlay, you were a loser. So we got to do better than that. I, As you know, uh, last week when uh, I made my picks on uh, the Live Casino and Hotel Maryland's uh, social page, I went two for two. Bengals and Ravens first quarter. You'll have to wait a little bit later on today to find out what my our bets are for this week over there. But Griffin right here will attempt to put together his gratuitous grouping. All right. So we're going to start tomorrow afternoon. Bundesliga. Ah, In yes. Germany. Well, this is, I'm glad you brought this up because this is what I know the most. Oh, really? Yes. Is oh, it real? You think I don't know the Bundesliga? You think I'm not Mr. Bundesliga over here? All right, good. Well, then I'll totally get your opinion know. on yeah, this one. Bayern,
1: Bayern Munich oh. and Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. I'm taking the over three and a half goals in this one. Genius. These are two perennial uh, Bundesliga powerhouses, and I think this international break is coming at the perfect time for both these teams because they're both kind of—they uh, weren't playing too well uh, to start the season. Um, but whenever these two teams do face off, there's typically fireworks. Uh, there's been at least four goals scored in eight of their last twelve head-to-heads, dating back to the 2017 season. Um. So I really like the three and a half over the three over three and a half goals. Uh, to get this weekend started, It's like, Both you're, teams. Reading, it's like you're reading my
0: mind. That's exactly what I was going to say about. Perfect. Bayern, uh, uh, Munich and yes. uh, Leverkusen. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is they all they score all the goals? Like they they could be twelve in this game, which would be more than three and a half. So we'd be good at that point.
1: All right. Next up, uh, we're staying to Friday night in the Bronx. I'm taking Aaron Judge to hit number 62. I want him uh, to hit his home run, and now they don't have the odds up for that yet. But okay, they that should. doesn't that
0: doesn't work. You can't do that for gratuitous. You have to actually be able to put together the gratuitous. Well, you will
1: person. be later tonight, or like, but you can't. Like again, that, I if, if it if it's been plus 250 I, the last couple of nights. So if it's around that again, my parlay is gonna you'll you'll see where it's I was going.
0: It's important that when we do the, the, for the content of the show that it actually be a bet that we can build and make okay. here, so we can tell everybody what.
1: Well, I was just the, putting a placeholder of a, pl- I, a random plus two fifty in there. I, I, I
0: understand that, but like we again it's for content purposes, we can't do that. Okay. All right. I, I love you. <laughs> I think you're a very special, boy. All right. But and I, and I get that you're going to the game and you're all you know hopped up about going to the game. But we can't we can't do that. All right. <laughs> so we gotta do okay. better. Okay.
1: Next. Would you like me to give away the final leg? Sure. Alright, we'll go into the UFC. Feel really good about it. Uh Mackenzie Dern takes on uh Jan uh Xiaonan. And uh it should be a good fight, but uh, Mackenzie Dern, she is just a jujitsu uh just genius. She's she's unbelievable on the mat. So I like her at even money to get the submission against uh against Jan on Saturday nights in the main event. Um. So yeah, just take method of victory by submission minus one ten. And so if you were gonna do the parlay, whenever the Aaron Judge home run odds get put and, out there, and
0: it is at plus two fifty, it is. It is. Up? It, no, if it is. Oh, if it
1: is. Uh, yeah, if it's, it should be around two plus two fifty. The parlay should pay out a, around plus one thousand. All
0: right. All right. We just got it again for the okay. sake of the show. You can't. You can't do. It's got to be a parlay we can build. We got to be able to do that right here. My apologies. Yeah. All right. Bring shame upon your family. I guess hey, what's so. the deal with like they're not even letting they're not letting any fans or media into the UFC fight on Saturday night? Really? Apparently, like Mark Zuckerberg has rented out. Oh, really? Because he's
1: he's a big Mackenzie Dern fan. Okay. Uh, which I guess it, well, it seems guess a little wants- over
0: the top that they're kicking out the media. <laughs> like he apparently rented out. The whatever the UFC Apex, I believe it is. Yeah, that is where they uh, Um, the
1: the little basement of the UFC headquarters or whatever.
0: And so it's only Mark Zuckerberg and friends that are allowed to be at this fight on Saturday, which is like it's a very weird Weird. bit. Yeah, like it's nobody cares. Good
1: for good for him, I guess. I don't don't know. know. Apparently, I'm never going
0: to say good for Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) That day will never occur. (laughs) That that's not Stinks. gonna
1: be a, thing. a lot of people want to see Mackenzie Dern.
0: Weird I love Mackenzie Dern. weird bit.
1: She's uh she 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 will get the
0: submission. I'm right. excited. Right. Excited about that. All right. So I like, those are my three picks. We will see how it plays out. Yeah. We will deal with that on Monday. All right. Uh there you go. Thanks to Andrew Stecka. Thanks to Brad Cronthall. We will be back on Tuesday for the next uh simply the bets. Get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland to get all your football bets in this weekend. If you want to reserve your spot, they always have huge crowds for Thursday nights, Saturdays, Sundays, and Monday nights. But you can make sure you've got your table for you and your group, maybe reclining chairs, whatever it is that you're looking for. Email them events at sportssocialmd.com and arrange that ahead of time. May the odds be ever in your favor.